Welcome to Real Live Talk. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra, and I'm really excited that you're here for this episode. So thanks so much for joining me. I had the privilege of sitting down with my lovely wife, Denise, and our good friend, Josh Whippy, who's been on the program a couple of times already. And uh, yeah, we got into some stuff. We got into some real stuff, some issues going on around that we're all dealing with today at the same time together. And uh, talking about the tension that we're living in with opposing viewpoints and things related to the pandemic and just so, so many different things that we've that we're all dealing with conversations that are just constantly going on right now, just kind of sharing our perspective and some opinions, hopefully some insight <laughs> uh, in uh, just what our kingdom response should be with the disagreements and all the things that are just kind of swirling around us in culture and society right now, the things that we're dealing with and the different arguments and conversations that we're dealing with as pastors and things of that nature. And so I uh, I think you're going to get a lot of value out of this. The serious stuff doesn't start until about 24 minutes in or so. Before that, we were just kind of catching up and having fun and joking around and stuff like that. So if you're not into that, feel free to skip ahead to minute 24, 25, somewhere around there, and uh, you can pick it up from there. But uh, <laughs> anyway, guys, hope you enjoy this conversation with Pastor Josh Whippy. Okay, here we go. It's a fi- <laughs> Josh Whippy's reading. Wait. Oh, oh, hey. <laughs> Good to see you. Hey, I hear that's a pretty good book you got there, buddy. Look, this one's even better. <laughs> is that another book from book. you? Yeah. Oh. oh, your second book. This is you didn't send me that book. one. Hold on. Yeah, but this book. one, this one <laughs> is the stuff right here. Destiny. There you go. This is the, intim- awesome. this is the Intimacy of Worship by Denise Lamastra. <laughs> wow. That's... Looks see, like we, we got, got a send writer here. <laughs> let's just read let's just all read each other's books a paragraph from each book. <laughs> well there was there actually was when I, I was i was reading this the other day i'm not joking i was reading this but well, uh i i think this is my favorite line right here if what you believe about god is too easily shaken by circumstance and your belief has to become anchored in something greater believe that he is he is good he is faithful he is your healer he is your victory cling to the truth that he is everything you need i love that it's awesome i basically plagiarized that from joel osteen just (laughs) (laughs) that's that's where me and alex seidler get all of our content (laughs) we just copy joel osteen (laughs) and then you just put the word jesus in there somewhere yeah 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 (laughs) drop it somewhere and make it right that's just great. say Jesus. Well, that's cool, man. Thanks for reading that. Yeah, it's a good book. Yeah. It's a great book. It is a great um, book. Great yeah. book. Should be coming out. How are you Spanish guys? Sometime. Sometimes. We're good, man. We're so good. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being. Thanks for being here, buddy. I forgot for a second that we were live. I know. Right? Um, yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the Josh Whippy podcast. I'm so glad to have yes. you here. Yeah, the Josh Whippy hour, the J, the, the JWE experience, or no, the J, yeah, yeah never mind. that doesn't make sense. The, the Josh Whippy experience. No, it doesn't. JWE, yeah, it works. Josh Whippy experience. Yeah, it'd be the JWE, like but then you wouldn't need to say experience because that's what the E stands for. That's why I was like, yeah. I must no, tell you good. that anyway. when I first met you, it was kind of hard for me to pronounce your name. I'm pretty sure I probably said it wrong. I think I remember this. Hold how on do you say it? say it? I think so I like, had you say it. Quippy? Like, <laughs> yeah. how do you? Quippy? Cool quippy. Quippy? Yeah. quippy? I don't know. You quippy? know, W's and Q's are strange in Spanish. And probably I my accent just, was a lot uh, thicker. So. 
It was. And I can, I think I remember actually, now you just jogged my memory. I think I would go to you and ask you to say my name because you would say it like so funny. I think I remember that now. (laughs) (laughs) That little Mexican chick says my name so funny. Where is she? Where is she? I remember those days. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, I lost you guys. I lost your audio. Oh, my bad. I hit the oh, mute button. I need to keep my oh, we're back. Trying to my keep hands the Mex- off. The Mexican out of the audio, right? So trying to do- <laughs> Every time you talk, I'm just going to mute it. No, yeah. but it was really funny to me that like um, there was somebody, I can't remember who it was. There's a few people that like will come and ask me that like be staring at me and I'll, I'll feel a little uncomfortable because I was like, I'm not sure if they're like trying to see there's something, is there something in my face or what? And then I'd be like, do you know that that movie with Salma Hayek? <laughs> I don't what? even know the name of the movie. And I was like, what movie? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Because Salma Hayek was not really a big artist like in Mexico per se. Like mm. maybe when I was like a lot younger, but you know, she's famous here like in America a lot more than he, she's famous in Mexico. So it was funny <laughs> to me that everybody assumed that like I like I knew her or that I knew, you know, I'd be like, yeah, you kind of yeah. look like her. And I was like, you're both from do Mexico. You, know her? you have to know each other. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm Mexico is sh- not a big country or anything. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure the only similarity we have is that we have dark hair and brown skin. That's and you speak you're from Mexico. Oh yeah. And we speak and you're Spanish. Short. And we, oh, Let's just be honest. Go. Just, you know, I there guess. were, there was a few there's more a few similarities, more similarities there than you realize. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That was funny. But your anyway. accent is way better than hers, for sure. Yeah. She- yeah, I have this peeve about listening to Latino I mean, her English accent, not her. That have really, really thick, like, accent when they speak other languages, whether it's English or something mm. else. I can tell that me- I sound very different. The tone of my voice is very different when I speak Spanish. Even Duke mm. makes fun of me. Can you, can you yeah. give me your best... Can you give me your best, like, white person imitation? Can you do that? Hmm. Like, oh, my God, Come on, girl. give me that. Like, oh, that was, like, Chrissy girl. girl. She, like, she went straight valley girl. <laughs> she did? like, my goodness, really? Like, just very, like, Chrissy. That would be, that, that's literally how. Way to marginalize the white race, Denise. I'm sorry. But to 14-year-old <laughs> girls. But then, listen, like, I would speak English, I guess, maybe with that tone with the teams in Mexico and people will look at me like, we, we don't all talk like that. <laughs> I'll be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I don't really, I've never been to the States. So I, I don't know. Wow. Wow. And, and then sometimes we'll the have States. teams from like the South or they will have like really, really thick accent and it would be mm-hmm. hard to understand them. Cause I'd be like, I'm not, can you say that like slower? And still mm-hmm. be really hard to understand. <laughs> I'm sure people probably have the same problem when, like, we're speaking Spanish and, like, we're speaking really fast or something. I know Duke did. It will be hilarious. We'll be in the middle of a conversation and Duke will say, like, hola, you know, like, to the person. And then the person yeah. will I knew just, what hola meant right from the beginning. like, they'll start really slow so that he would understand. And then in a matter of an instant, they'll just go full speed. And Duke will be like, mm hmm. Like he'll just smile and be lost the entire time in the conversation. <laughs> I was like, this is so terrible. 
So my, so one of my wife's pet peeves is like sometimes I'll talk to her like a Mexican, uh, like cholo. like cholo. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, nice. Like, hey, mommy, and I'll just like talk oh, to her kind of like, <laughs> like my skin. Literally, imagine a cat like getting all like curled up. That's that's well, what happens when he does. I'll walk that. in the room with one of those like button down shirts where like just like the top button is buttoned and the rest is like kind of open, and I'll just be like, oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she loves it. I, uh, no, no. I got a no. friend, a friend of mine. Uh, he was going to my church for a while. He was ex Amish, which was just awesome. But he, uh, the Amish, Amish, I don't know if, you, yeah. So he was yeah, ex Amish. He was in his twenties, late twenties, and uh, him and his wife uh, were coming here for a while. But he was telling me stories about how he could speak Yiddish. So Yiddish is like, I think it's like a. I think it's just some German. I it's very it's it's only yeah. Amish speak it is mm-hmm. what I've been told. So he uh, or Pennsylvania Dutch, I think they call it as well. And it's it you know it sounds so foreign. But uh, he will. So now he looks like us. You know he looks English. He he's not Amish anymore. But mm-hmm. he likes messing with people when he when he sees Amish in a store or something and starts speaking to them in that and they get all uncomfortable and weird because he knows what they were saying about him. He knows what they're, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Or I hear some of my other missionary friends that are constantly going to uh like my my friend Andy who's in Asia and he'd like he hears them calling him a white devil and he, you know, he'll clap back and respond to him saying like, you know, how dare you talk to me like that? <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff yeah. where I understand yeah. what you're saying and they go they get all white in the face now. Scared. I know. Love it. Okay, here we go. Yiddish. I googled it. A language used by Jewish people in Central and Eastern Europe before the Holocaust. It was originally a German dialect with words oh. from Hebrew and several modern languages, and it's today spoken mainly in the U.S., Israel, and Russia. Wow. So it's like. I wonder well, if Yiddish that would, is. That would be like. I guess like in Mexico itself, there's like all these different like dialects. So we will have, like, when we first moved here to the States, you know, we, um, mm-hmm. when we moved back here to Alabama, there's like, I don't, I don't know exactly. I think at the time there was like, the statistics said that there was like about 10,000 or over 10,000, like Latino, you know, people living in, in Alabama, or at least in the area right. where we were. Right. Yeah, um, and it was interesting. We would meet people from like Guatemala. You know, and I mean, they speak Spanish mm. in Guatemala, but when you would talk to them um, or when you would hear them talk to each other, they actually don't speak Spanish. Spanish is not their main language. And we found out that for a lot of them, English is actually easier to understand um, mm. than Spanish because somehow their dialects ha- have some similarities to it. So they would actually they talk to yeah. each other in like dialect. And then they'll know mm. like a few Spanish words here and there. So right. I was like, wow, like well, I was little... just I was just looking. It's the Amish don't speak Yiddish technically. It's only Pennsylvania Dutch, the but it's kind of similar oh. to what you're saying. Okay. It's yeah. very they say it's very similar. Like there's a lot of similar kind of like what you're saying. There's a lot of similarities. Yeah. I don't know why I call it Yiddish. I just kind of maybe too much of the office or something where I think Dwight says that <laughs> at one point. Yeah. He likes German, you know, he likes that, that old school German, but, uh, yeah, yeah it, it's that, that stuff is wild to me. And I, I, the only reason why I, the only reason why I want to learn a different language is to find out what people are saying about me. Like, cause that would be I awesome. think everybody, I think everybody <laughs> wants that. Yeah. Like my kids, um, we're trying to teach them some Spanish and I really, 
I don't want my kids to learn another language because I force them to, you know, mm -hmm. I want them to want to communicate in a different language. Um, right. So, and they're, they're little, so I don't want them to be pochos either, you know, which is like people that speak Spanglish or people that, mm -hmm. you know, mix both languages. So it's, it's my preference that they learn English That's kind of my correctly. favorite thing ever though. I mean, I, mean, I don't mind not... if they do it like at home, I guess. But do you know what I mean? I don't want them going yeah. out somewhere and then just sound, like I just love ignorant. it when people are like, "I'm gonna go to the tienda para comprar some shoes." Like I just love when people do that. They just like, I mean, we do that on purpose. Like we do that on purpose. Like I'll do that. You know, I'll be like in the kitchen trying to do something or doing something, and I can't think of the word in English, so I'll just blurt it in Spanish because I know he has, he speaks Spanish, so he knows what I'm talking about. That is cool. <laughs> that is cool so, but so my kids will do that like i will you know come in to the room or the office wherever do exists and, and i'll just if i if i'm not sure how i feel about what i want to say i'll just rip it in spanish and i'll just say it in spanish mm. and my kid and elijah at least elijah's like he's dropping and he's like you were talking about this right you were talking about that yeah no you yeah. said you said yeah, happy yeah. Did yeah. you said this and i'm like mm. Yeah, mind your business child like i don't want to yeah. do what i'm trying to say so sometimes it might be something about them <laughs> so your church uh you were saying yesterday duke that your church you have an all spanish service right we do yes. yeah at your do you do your kids attend that yes and no not really they'll sit there and no. listen for a little bit and then they'll yeah. they'll go they'll yeah. go away yeah. partially <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, they were also yeah. the, our oldest. Uh, he's ten. He spends more time um, in there. Some, 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 yeah. some weeks will be in there I the mean, whole service. He was born in Mexico. That works on his favor, and he mm. he's been to Mexico with us in a mission trip. So okay. they both have. he. Oh yeah, they both were there. But Josiah was like yeah, what, he two, was little. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he and, and now he, he talks with his grandparents in like broken mm. english and spanish so because mm -hmm. both my parents speak speak you see respect oh, no, now she's speak that was a racial swear right there. It was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> i guess you're allowed to get away with that wow. they, they both speak broken broken english my brother is probably the one that speaks you know better english um mm. so they you know they say different things or they'll ask and he stayed actually with my parents like one time when we were on that trip and my mom was like it was a little like nerve-wracking because i couldn't understand you know some of the things he was saying so they had to like kind of figure it out <laughs> how to communicate with each other <laughs> so it was pretty They're trying funny. to figure it out and then you yeah. guys got another one on the way congratulations that's awesome Woo! yes you sure three. do yes podcast world i don't think wow. i don't think i've mentioned it on the podcast yet um, oh yeah so uh i no, breaking i planned news. on breaking the, i planned on breaking the news today man it's no i mean most people listening would probably have would, would probably already know anyway because they probably you know know me on social media right. or whatever, so awesome. but yeah awesome. we're expecting our third in uh sometime in april yes third pretty crazy I'll tell you. little girl that's what we're hoping yeah. for but we'll be happy well, i have way. a I have three girls, so I'll tell yes. you that third one, man, it is uh, it is a wild, it is a wild time. Let me just tell yeah. you, it changes everything. Because now you guys got it. If you don't have a minivan, now you guys got to get one. Oh, yeah, there you, know. you go. 
Well, now you have to. Yeah. Hey, man, we, yeah. I love the minivan. It's so practical. I don't care. I don't even care. People say that, oh, yeah. like, you know, I'd rather have an SUV or whatever. It's like, man, no way, dude. Those things, you can get, you can get, like, a minivan totally loaded, totally loaded for less yeah. than you can a basic SUV stand, you know. So you yeah. get, like, DVD, DVD players and Blu-ray players, and, like, ours has got two screens in it, so they can watch two different things at the same time on road That's trips awesome. and yeah. Oh yeah, automatic doors that open, and you don't have to worry about your kid opening up the door and hitting the car next door to it. You know, like that's yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. Like, Little things that are keep your mind sane. Great on <laughs> gas. They're awesome on gas. What is the price of gas right now for you guys down there? They're like a, what is it? It's three, like three, it's like three fifteen down yeah. the street. Um, there's a couple places where it's lower. Yeah, it's uh, crazy how fast it went up. Yeah, it's like three fifty. Yeah. It's like three fifty here, and I saw it as high as three sixty. Wow. Uh, three sixty. Yeah. Wow. Dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we have uh, so I did a wedding this weekend. Uh, I officiated a wedding this weekend down in uh, near Olean, New York, uh, mm-hmm. down in the foothills. The foothills is what they call it. Um, it's yeah. they're they. It feels like a mountain. I mean, they're just giant yeah. hills all over the place. But I went down there, and I was in Olean before the before the uh, rehearsal. And I'm like, I need gas. And I saw 360. I said, that's crazy. So not too far. It's like a 10, 10 or 15 minute drive uh, to the uh, it's a it's the Seneca Nation. So it's a mm-hmm. it's a reservation for indigenous yeah. people, and uh-huh. they they have cheaper gas. So I got it for 305. Wow. 305 wow and that's Dang. still wicked high wicked high it's, for, it's like, yeah it's still, but it's yeah. a big difference big difference yeah. and big i was difference. i was yeah, glad I'll drive, that i took I'll drive a few minutes to just get a little bit of a cheaper yeah <laughs> i used to if the, the thing is the thing i started thinking about was like if it's if it's a difference between if it's like a 10 or 15 cent difference it just mm-hmm. feels better but when you really right. think about it like it's only about an extra dollar dollar fifty like you know what i mean like so to drive an extra like five miles to get that gas like you're probably about breaking even so right you know what i mean yeah it does feel better you feel like like uh once you get above three dollars it just feels like it's a different a different ball game i guess it's always like that right that and groceries have gone up too like I just can't believe how expensive things are getting. It's it's definitely difficult. <laughs> like, a year yeah. ago, gas was like like under two dollars. Wow! Wow! Right? Yeah, I mean, during we were, the, well, it was during the pandemic well, during the when you couldn't go anywhere happened. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was, it was like yeah, saved was, tons of money on gas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really yeah it's a weird it's a weird time we're in for sure. It's a weird time. Yeah. Actually, I was going to tell you, my wife, uh, my wife, uh, she got COVID a um, few weeks ago so wow. uh three weeks wow. three weeks ago sense. i think it was yeah so she was vaccinated too so she um she had a i guess they call it a breakthrough case or whatever and uh she's a teacher here in in, mm-hmm. in new york and um she had you know she was feeling like it was like a for her you know i know it's different for everybody but for her it was a bad cold you know it was a bad cold and yeah. she because of her job you can't go back to work unless you get tested. So right. when she did, missed the day of school, she said, fine, I'm just going to go get tested and find out, you know, just so I can get back right. to work in a couple of days. She didn't think it was anything. And then she tested positive. 
the problem is, see now, as me, as I'm also vaccinated, I don't, and again, I don't care if anybody is or not, I'm not preaching that at right. all, but right. I, I don't, I don't, and I know that's touchy, but as yeah. me, I didn't have to, I didn't have to quarantine, but my mm -hmm. children did. And my right. children had to be isolated from my wife. So I had to literally, oh, it was brutal. So I had to literally watch the, all three of my kids at home for 10 days while Jess was in isolation. And that means like every meal, every, you know, putting the kids to bed all by myself. And I'm, I'm also, you know, getting food for Jess or whatever she needs. Yeah. I put it, I put like a TV tray outside of her room. I put the <laughs> stuff there, knock on the door and leave. It was just like, it, did honestly, she feel was, like a leper? Oh, totally. totally. Yeah, but we, we just, if the kids were with her and I'm not scared of my kids getting, I could care less, but they'll be fine. <laughs> I but, <could> care less. <laughs> I mean, you know I mean? I don't want them to be sick, but at the same time, I'm not like, I'm not fearful of that. Right. I just don't yeah. like, if they were around her and if they did get it, that's going to extend our quarantine for yeah. another, like, you know, with the kids, right. would be, I think it's 10 days again. So I was like, man, I, I can't do that. So I'm just going to tough it out. And it was, I, I, I mean, I swear I was toughing that thing out. That was, Not to that was it. so challenging. Yeah. You know, yeah. like we try to limit their screen time. Not, not during those 10 days, man. No. You want to be on your iPad. Do whatever go. you want. Yeah. Leave me alone. I mean, it's just, yeah. you, you do your best to parent your children to the best of your ability, mm -hmm. but there are times where it's like, you got to give yourself a certain allowance to be like, okay, you know, bad parenting moment. And Yo. I'm gonna own it, and I, I don't care right now. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> like, go yeah. do this. <laughs> Take the tablet. Go a... sit down. Be quiet. Yep. Stay mm -hmm. out of my out of my face. Right. <laughs> play, Bad parenting is underrated, Roblox. man. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Well, I did have one time where it was beautiful outside, and I'm like, I did what my parents did. And I think more parents should do is take you them take them outside house. and you, you lock the door and you just say, yep. "Go, go do yep. stuff." You know, like you ever watch Santa yep. the Sandlot? In the same lot, the mom is telling the boy there. Yeah, you'll get in trouble. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, get into trouble. Scrape your knees, you know. Go, go to, yeah, exactly. Well, we don't really have any neighbors, but yeah, the closest house to me is like you know three quarters of a mile down the road. So wow, it's wow. Uh, yeah. So I mean, well, the closest directly next to me. So I don't really see houses when I look out my windows, but if yeah, I look yeah. like the front of my house, there's uh, there's a guy across the street from me. Um, actually, it's my ex uncle, which is weird. He was married to my aunt, and he, yeah, and he, he's awesome though. I love that guy. He plows my driveway. He is such a great neighbor. And I don't yeah. know if he plows my driveway because he's always done that for whoever's lived in this house, or uh -huh. if he does it because he's technically my uncle. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I love him. I he love that feels, guy. He's Polish, lot. just like me. Yeah, he's yeah. Polish. He's got a weird last name, Motazic, and it's got some Z's and C's and K's wow. and a J. And yeah, I think yeah. they say it Wojtazic. Wojtazic. But uh, yeah, but, yeah. you know, but anyway, the, uh, you know, that whole, that whole time, those 10 days there, that was like, you know, I love my kids. You know, you know I'm sure you guys, you know, like, we love our children, but boy, yeah. I was ready. I was just ready to get out of the house and go sit in yeah, the woods by myself sure. and cry. You're like, I need some adult <laughs> quiet time. Somewhere. You're so emo, Josh Whippy. <laughs> <laughs> you need to do Shows. have you seen that movie, Hot Rod? 
Oh yeah, I love hot rods. Did you need to, to do some time like that? Go to the woods and just just like oh. dance it off. <laughs> just like that yeah it's like he's trying to think yeah. about it it's like Can from Footloose, to... you know when he like gets really mad about getting a ticket for the loud music and everything and he goes <laughs> and like dances it off it's hilarious when i was punched <laughs> dancing my, out my rage my or whatever i i showed that to one of my good friends uh john lonneville i just i showed him that movie for the first time he had never seen it and I don't know if you know John, he's a great guy, but it, he was like literally laughing so hard. I thought he was going to like pee his pants. He, at that scene, that yeah. scene specifically, it's just, I love yeah. when that stuff happens. Yeah, Yo, we laugh hysterically when we watch it. We watched it. Um, I hadn't seen Recently, it in years, yeah. but we just watched it right before Furnace Fest. So, cause like my friend from New Jersey <laughs> came down and was with us for a couple of days before we went up to Birmingham and uh, we, we watched it. Cause we used to we watch, used to watch that watch movie that, together, yeah. like all yeah. the time. All the That's time. Cool. And uh yeah, it, it was uh it was good. It was it was good, uh good reminiscing and yeah, I hadn't seen it in forever. We died. It was so good. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's yeah, cool. And then the funny part is that you know, one of the characters has the same name that I do, so we'll <laughs> randomly, you know, he'll be like, Babe. Whoa, Denise. Whoa, Denise. Like so it's really <laughs> like my kids are like, What are you guys talking about? Like, like, don't worry yeah, exactly. about it. It's a joke. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, awesome. it's. I think you know. I mean, this whole issue of COVID, I think, is so. I mean, I work. I work at a pharmacy, so you get mm -hmm. all sides of the spectrum. You know, you get people that have mm -hmm. come in, customers. You know, that talk about like they'd had it, and like there was one one person particularly. Like he came in, he was talking about it, and he said, "I could have died if I hadn't gone to the hospital." Yeah. Because he was yep. like, he couldn't breathe. And even the doctor, mm -hmm. like, he didn't want to go to the hospital because, you know, he was like, people are sick there. What are they going to do for mm -hmm. me? Like, and he didn't even know he had COVID. He just thought that he was like having like an anxiety attack or something. And that's why he couldn't breathe. Uh -huh. um, and he's, wow. his girlfriend, he, so he drove himself to his girlfriend's house and his girlfriend's house is like, no, I'm taking you to the hospital right now. So wow. she took him. And when they check him, um, like his lungs were like in bad shape. Like he wasn't getting mm. enough oxygen. Mm. Um, so he spent, I think about a, a week or so in the hospital mm -hmm. and he was, you know, thank God. I mean, he was able to come out and everything and be okay. Um, it's wild said, how, it's just crazy how it affects people differently. It's just yeah, such a, yeah. it's so interesting. So he, he said, he's like, the doctor literally told me that like, she saved my life because he was thinking mm. about going to sleep because how bad mm -hmm. he was feeling and sure. the doctor said if you had gone to sleep you would have died on your sleep because wow. you weren't getting enough oxygen wow. so you were wow. feeling like you were sleepy but it wasn't that you were actually sleepy it was the lack of oxygen that you were receiving um so wow. like you said it's just so different how it affects people now you know he had it and he was saying you know because people come in to get vaccinated there so you get mm -hmm. a lot of people that are you know pro-vaccine and you get people that are against it you know or just mm -hmm. different spectrum so he was like i'm still not going to get the vaccine but it was bad you know mm -hmm. so i yeah. mean people yeah. have made their choice and yep you you have to respect it you know i sure. feel like i'm not, well, not we, walking in your shoes so well we live in a you know our culture is so polarized um and that's sad in my opinion because you know, and again, I 
got the vaccine, but I don't care if anybody else chooses not to. Like, it doesn't bother mm -hmm. me that somebody decided and made, you know, their own risk assessment if they can get it or not. What's weird to me is that it's allowing people to be divided um, yeah. over something like that. Now, I know it's like caused so much havoc in our world, but at the same time, you know, I've never had a flu shot and then been upset or worried that somebody else didn't get a flu shot. Right, so, exactly. you know, there's like, yeah. there's that to it. So, you know, and I feel like for me, you know, I was telling Duke this a little bit uh, yesterday, I think, but it's like, if you read uh, Romans 14, you have two Christian, you know, you have two sets of Christians that are in two different sets of two different camps. And uh, Paul is talking to them because there's a group of them that are eating meat and mm. they're eating meat and they love meat. Now there's another group of them, uh, Christians again, that think that it's wrong to eat the meat because right. it was, sac you know, used for sacrifice of, of other mm -hmm. gods and things there like no that. So they only, they, no bacon, <laughs> no bueno, no bueno. No bueno. So there you go. <laughs> but what I think is, is the, you know, the central theme that Paul is saying, you know, he tells the people, if you're going to eat meat, you know, eat that steak for the glory of God. If you're going to eat broccoli, eat, you know, do that for the glory of God. Like whatever you do, he said, there will be differences, but do not allow those differences become division. Yeah. And I think for Christians, you know, no matter what, if you're listening and you, you know, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, if you're pro-vax yeah. or anti-vax, it's like you have, don't allow that to divide the church. Um, yeah, don't allow sure. that to keep you from meeting with other people and being together with other Christians who see things differently than you, yeah. because the uniting thing is Jesus. That's the thing that keeps us together. It's right. not these, these small things of like politics mm -hmm. and, you know, it really, it's tribalism, uh, it, yeah. it, in a very, very, you know, that has nothing Probably to do with the right. kingdom of yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I, we, uh, you know, and we have a various, we have, I'm sure your churches too. You have, some people mm -hmm. that are pro and some people are against. And, yeah. you know, in, in my opinion, uh, you know, I'm just trying to love God and love my neighbor, no matter what side of the aisle they're on. Uh, and especially if they're Christians, you know, there's, there's absolutely nothing that should cause me to treat them any differently, just based off yeah. something like that, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. for sure. For sure. It's, it's weird world. Uh, yeah. It's, it's nuts. That's a really good, um, analogy too from from romans 14 um and uh that that's a that's a really good perspective and like no matter what like no matter what we're talking about whether this is the big issue of of this tonight, past year yeah, like today. it's the biggest yeah. the big issue right now but like whatever mm -hmm. it is that we're talking about it always comes back to the same thing as christians like we've got to think we got we have to be kingdom-minded which means that we have sure. to put people um people's needs the we have to value and esteem others more highly than ourselves because that's what mm -hmm. that's what jesus did. that's what philippians chapter 2 tells us um you know we don't have to agree with everybody we can voice our opinions you know especially you know i know i know some people are speaking out on on both sides with like right. really strong voices because they feel really strongly there and and you know and mm -hmm. it's there are some people that are out there, you know, virtue signaling and doing just different things just for the sake of like being part of that camp no or just for the sake of creating controversy or just for the sake of whatever. But the average person, the average person is not like that. Like yeah. the average person, even if they're very, very strong one way or the other, they're coming at it that way because it's what they really think. Mm -hmm. And they're doing it and they want to, you know, both people on both sides 
whether you're pro anti whatever like you all want the same things like yeah. you want to be safe mm -hmm. you want your neighbors to be safe Most you want your kids to be yeah. safe you want your family to be safe so either way mm -hmm. there's a cry mm -hmm. there and i think the biggest mistake that we've made and we've made this mistake over and over and over again on so mm -hmm. many different issues and i'm talking about like the church like right. like the people mm -hmm. of god in general um you know we don't have any control over the way the world responds to stuff mm -hmm. but we should no, be we responding yeah. as god's people we should if we know him we should be able to respond to an extent from a kingdom mindset and mm -hmm. when we degrade the person when we degrade the individual when we put them down because they have a belief system or an ideology that's different than ours no matter what it is that we're talking about, we're wrong. Yeah, we're coming we're, at it. We're attacking it from the wrong perspective, and and we're misrepresenting God. We're misrepresenting yeah, the gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. because um, it's so you, much of it is fear driven too. Yeah, I mean, it. You have to be spirit led. I believe this. You know, I believe that you have to be spirit led. You have to hear mm -hmm. God, and it's a it's a conglomerate of things. You know. Um, even the word tells us, you know, you have to put preset over precept. It's not this mm -hmm. one thing and that's it. No, you have to look yep. at different things and out of all those, out of those different things, make it a led spirit decision, you know, be led of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, each person is different. Your life, your assignment is different. So to try to do like a one size fit all answer for every mm -hmm. single person mm -hmm. is not right mm -hmm. either. So right. we each have to be led of the spirit and 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 put that as a priority. And because <clears throat> that's the only way that we can represent compassion. You know, that's the only way that we'll be able to answer with compassion, with, uh, you know, caring for your fellow neighbor and without becoming uh, like imp imposing your belief on people. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, mm -hmm. I know well, through the Gospels, you never see Jesus do that. You never see no. Jesus come from an approach mm -hmm. of like an authoritarianism. Is that the word? Like authoritarian? Yeah, authoritarian. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's never like, this is it and you do this or yeah. you die. Like, and I think sometimes we, we become, we can become so passionate about something that our passion drives us to, mm -hmm. to try to tell people like, well, you're either with me or you're against me. But when we really look at the example that Jesus said for us, he never, he never said that. He never right. treated people that way. He, he always approached yeah. people through compassion and love. Mm -hmm. And I think that his compassion and his love is what made people that maybe had put up walls and maybe had uh, a pre, you know, a predetermined filter or set of view of the world to mm -hmm. lower that barrier and that you know defense mechanism and we're able to hear his words and their mm -hmm. hearts was touched by that compassion and that's what brought yeah. change to their heart mm -hmm. so we can't just um say you know like well g these are the principles and that's it you have to tame the word of god with the love of god mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or else it's said just that you know stipulations or rules that you're trying to make somebody fit you said something you said two things that um i i want to talk about i think we're awesome the first thing you said was you, that we have to follow the spirit we have to follow the holy spirit and do what he's asking us to do i think mm -hmm. it brings up a you know i had a, a woman in my church who is a teacher 
um, she called me and was just, you know, asking me as a pastor, you know, she, as a teacher and we're in, I'm in New York state, Buffalo bills, the only, the only national football <laughs> team, the national, only. the only, okay. the only football team of the NFL in New York state. Anyway. Oh, okay. So she, uh, oh, her, I see, her, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see. I see. Right. That, that felt uh, like a personal we, attack. I know. No, um, no, no. no. About the Giants, Giants over here. You just, you just triggered me, Josh Whippy, but I mean, I'm from the New Giants Jersey, so I mean, they play in yeah. New Jersey. I'm there, like, I'm cool. I'm cool. They're not well, in New like, York. They should be the New Jersey Giants. Like, get out of here. They should but be. So I'd be, I would 100% support that. <laughs> I would give, I would. I would sell all of my Dogecoin to support that cause <laughs> right now. It's not a whole lot. It's not a whole lot. I have but, a uh, lot. I don't I'd, sell, um, I'd sell all of my Shiba Inu coins to support that Shiba? cause. You got some Shiba? He's got some I do Shiba. have, a, I do have a, a small quantity of Shiba. He keeps <laughs> it's he actually, like, it's, it's gone up like, like 300% in the past did. two weeks. So. Wow. You could be like uh like Alex Seidler and go on a awesome vacation because of the money you made in crypto, you know. Is that what oh, he's doing? I was gonna ask you because yeah. he hasn't answered any of my we, well, we I haven't called him, but he hasn't responded to my messages. Bit, and uh and every time know, I see him post the video, he's, he's like in another state somewhere, like riding well, a bike or his well, wife's that's riding also a bike. Part, part of, you know. I'm like, dude, have you been gone I don't know for if, months? Yeah, I feel like dude, he's been he's gone forever. All time. That's one of the parts of nice. having the kind of ministry they have too. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they, they're able yeah. to, you it's know, awesome. they're impacting Travel. others awesome. to go out to I'm the nations. Jealous. So they have to travel. <laughs> I mean, if you want people to go to the nations, you have to travel too. You have to set the tone yeah. for people to go out to and everything. So, yeah. But hey, yeah. So if I'm in it, anyway, I was be- saying. So, so Jess is, so we're in New York state. So the, there's things strict in this, this lady in my church, cause my wife's a teacher too, but this yeah. lady in my church was like, Hey, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I don't know what to do. Should I get vaccinated? Like, should I not get vaccinated? And I said, that's not the question. And she was like, what do you mean? I said, well, the question is, what is God calling you to? What, what is God calling you to? Cause both, no matter what he's calling you to, you're going to have to exercise faith and following yeah. him. And, and I yeah. said, so for, well, like, for example, let's say God is calling you to be a stay at home mom and stay with your children and be at home and doing that kind of thing. Like if God's calling you to that, uh, could, cause mm-hmm. he could be. And if he is, if that's where he's leading you to, you have to trust God with your finances. You yeah. have to, you have to trust that he's going to meet him because you're, you're leaving a full-time job exactly. as a teacher in New York state. And you are now trusting God that he's going to do that. Now, on the flip side, if God's calling you to be a teacher, if he's calling you to be a teacher in the public school system, then you have to trust God with the same amount of trust, you know, if he called you to something else with the vaccine. So you have to trust God with your health now because you're doing what God has called you to do. And I think a great example of this is when we see missionaries that travel all over the world. Yep. And when they travel to different countries, sometimes you have to get some really nasty shots. But yep. they're in faith saying, I'm going to get this yellow fever shot. I've heard that one's terrible. Mm-hmm. But you're yeah. doing that in faith because you know that you're called to do X, Y, and Z, you know, to go wherever. Yeah. So it's no different for us because we're on mission. God has something for us to do. 
He wants us to do things. Now it could be to stay at home. It could be to change careers, but we have to be led by the spirit, not by our flesh. And I think right now that is so common in our world is being led by the flesh as Christians. And it's like, you have the, you're, you're operating out of the wrong spirit here. You know, we have to be led by, by the Lord. Yeah. You can let fear take over. You can mm -hmm. let the media define your decisions Mm -hmm. or your, even your own opinion, because sometimes we can have the wrong opinion, you know? Um, But when we listen to the Holy spirit, when we, when we seek him, he will find us, you know, I mean, the Mm -hmm. word says like knock and it shall be open, seek Mm -hmm. and it shall be found. Like mm-hmm. he, he doesn't, you know, put that in the word, just like, oh, it sounds great. And it sounds amazing. Like, no, it's reminding you, like, when you are in need, you can do this because you'll get the answer. Um, I think sometimes we, we think that to find the answer or to receive direction and instruction from God, that it's like a really difficult thing. That it's like, you know, I have to spend all this time praying or Mm. fasting and doing all this in order to get this one answer. And if we actually simplify it, I think if we, this is going to sound maybe not very spiritual, but if we actually relax and listen, we would actually get there quicker. You know, because I think we sometimes even over-spiritualize it and think that, like, I have to, like, be in this specific state of mind or the spirit in order to hear. But to hear is actually really simple. And sometimes God's response in the simplest ways because Mm -hmm. he knows how to speak to us. Sometimes I think we we don't, we act like he doesn't know how to talk to us, you know, or he's going to talk to us like, Mm -hmm. God said the Lord, da-da-da-da-da-da, like, God's not stuffy. So it's, it's our ears cannot be tickled by the world, by our own opinion, by our own culture. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we have predispositions and we don't sure. even see those predispositions. So, um, you know, I was talking to this lady um, in Mexico and um, um, I was giving her some counseling and <laughs> she said something to me that, She's like, yeah, you know, like when your kids, um, they're little, you have to do this. And she was talking about boys. And I was like, wait, hold up. Like that belief, like I've never heard that in my house. Like we never did it in my house. You know, she's like, yeah, like every single member of my family has done this. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, okay, hold up. Then, then you, then you're, you have to recognize like, just because my great grandmama did it. My mom did it. But sometimes we have traditions or things that we carry on that we don't even know why, but yeah. they're there. It's like and the we... have you ever have you ever seen the ham or heard that ham analogy? Mm-hmm. So there yeah. was like, yeah, like, like why, are you, why do you why are you cutting <laughs> off the edge? I don't know. My mom did it, and she her yeah. mom did it. Her mom well, they did it so they could get it in the pan. You know yeah. that's why they cut it off so it could fit in the pan. And they didn't know why. They just did it because yeah. wasted yeah, no, lots of ham over the years, over the centuries, over <laughs> the generations. <laughs> a lot, a lot of ham, ham wasted. went to waste. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they so didn't know why. Did. I think that. Well. But you know that kind of leads into the other thing you were saying was about the you know that compassion. Uh, compassion is the word that you used earlier of, uh, for other people and how they see things and where they're coming from, their background, that kind of stuff. And I and I was just the other day, you know, there was a difficult 
um, there was a difficult person that was, um, I wouldn't say attacking me, but you know, I guess somebody could, could look at it that way. And, you know, I, I just felt like the Holy spirit just kind of hit on me, like revealed to me their brokenness, Mm -hmm. like revealed to me. And when that was revealed and I could see not the offenses that they were giving me, but instead they, you know, where are they coming from? Why are they saying what they're saying? Uh, I was filled with compassion for them. Mm. And that allowed me to not be offended. That allowed me to, you know, basically minister to this person that was attacking me and not have to worry about, you know, my ego or whatever. Like I didn't, you know, it was, I'm, this is a broken person. And when I feel that that compassion is lost, um, for other people, you know, I, I I heard somebody the other day was, uh, he's like a, probably a famous, I don't know if he's a famous preacher, I guess he's on TV and stuff, but you know, the way he was talking about, uh, people who look, who are Democrats or whatever, it was so hurtful and so mean mm, spirited. Yeah. I'm like, where's the compassion? Yep. Cause you were saying Denise, like Jesus was filled with compassion. Like the way yeah. he spoke to people was, he was, you know, I think of the woman at caught in adultery or the woman at the well, like, yeah. you know, even tax collectors, like the way that he, you know, these, these people that the religious looked at as, you know, the lowest of lows, he's filled with compassion. Even that doesn't mean that everything was right. That doesn't yeah. mean what they were doing was good, but he was filled with compassion and that allowed him to minister. And I just have, I just wonder, is that where revival, you know, if we're looking for revival in our lives, you know, to happen on earth, I think it needs to start with compassion yeah. and having that, Definitely. having the eyes of Jesus for people rather than yeah. ourselves, you know, with them our tribe or wherever, you know, we're from. Well, for sure, incredible things happen when we get into unity with one another. Mm -hmm. And really destructive things happen when we're divided. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's such a scheme of the enemy, like he'll use whatever, you know, whatever, whatever to get us divided and to get us fighting against each other. And as you mentioned, like tribal tribalism or tribalistic, you know, we become tribalistic like that. And we're putting people into different categories based on this or that. Like, bro, one of the things that drove me crazy, uh, when was it? I guess no, back in November was like, so I saw so many Christians saying leading up to the elections, um, you cannot be a Christian if you vote this way, like, right. and things like that. And just yeah. blanket statements like that. But then on the other side, it was, if you vote this way, you're a racist. And then, so you're just mm-hmm. like in this category, you're in one of two categories and it's like, well, no, um, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And yeah. so I get it. Like I get the, ma- the, the issues that everybody discusses. I get that abortion is a huge deal. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I get it. Um, but either way, like whether I agree with your political stance, your political affiliation, if I agree with this or that, like for me to use something that's a value for me to then put it on somebody else who doesn't see eye to eye and for that to become something, I, I just think we use things as like smoke screens yeah. so many times mm-hmm. to justify our, you know, anger toward a certain kind of person to justify, you know, whatever it is, the way that we treat people negatively and we can put a, a, a virtuous sounding title on it. We can call it, you know, righteous indignation. We can call it 
you know, whatever, like I'm partnering with God and this is what it looks like. like. We can put all these different things on it. But at the end of the day, like, like you said, if we lose that compassion, I think that losing your compassion, like the automatic next thing that happens is you do, you fall out of unity. You know, I don't, mm. I don't, you can't, you, those things can't coexist, can't right? Like together. there has to be compassion for one another if we're going to be united together. And right. I think it's important to understand too what real, like what, what unity really means, because I think people sometimes also yeah, think that unity point. is me agreeing with you all the time that that means that mm -hmm. i have a i'm in i'm in i'm walking in harmony and in unity with you no i can walk mm -hmm. in harmony with you and in unity and still disagree or have a different opinion that you have but that doesn't deter <laughs> our relationship that doesn't make me treat you in a different way or love you less or anything no um and yeah. and i think that that's that's a mis big 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 misunderstanding that we have you know we think mm -hmm. unity means like you're all 100% with me. You think the same way. You feel the same way. You like these are our colors, and and that's mm -hmm. I think that leads more to segregation and division than anything yeah. else because God mm -hmm. gave each person, you know, an assignment. Each of us are different. God loves diversity. Otherwise, we will all look the same. We'll all sound the same. I mean, let's mm -hmm. just even think about that. I mean, God is creative. He's infinite. Mm -hmm. So he gives us the ability to to think and process information and create different things that might look different. And they're all in yeah. a way, you know, beautiful and, and they have a place of its own. But to not recognize that and to say that unity has to be unison or like all the same, it's also inaccurate. Mm. Right because that well, is not that's it goes not back to it goes back to romans 14 really yeah. does i mean think about that that you got two different two people two different groups of people who are so strongly one way yeah. and what the other person is doing is offending the other you know it's like it's yeah. so similar mm -hmm. to where we're at today and paul obviously i mean not much has changed in our world right. i mean that's two thousand years ago and we're still there we're still are still the human condition. Yeah. Uh, you know, Fount Schultz always says uh, something to me when I call him and I'm telling him stuff. He's like, Josh, you have to control the beast. That's what he yeah. says to me all the time. And the beast is me because yeah. our human condition exactly. is to, to be fleshy, to be, uh, to think of this world as a flesh and blood fight when scripture mm -hmm. tells us the fight is yeah. not against flesh and blood. Exactly. And it's like you, I almost feel like if I get any tattoo, I want to get that tattoo to remind me, maybe put it on my forehead. This fight <laughs> is not against the flesh and yep. blood. Like yeah. stop looking yeah. at, you know, I put, I had a shower thought the other day and I posted it on Facebook and I don't know, I always get in trouble whenever I post stuff, people attack me for whatever reason, but here's, here's yeah, the it's thought. Fun. It's, it's fun. like, Sometimes it's, it's fun. <laughs> I said, as for the Christian, it's not us versus them. It's yeah. it should be us loving them, and that yeah. is way harder to do than fight. Way okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. To your point, if if you even if like if you feel so strongly about one side or the other, like if you feel so strongly about it, and you just know that you are absolutely right, still the way to get people over to your side 
is not to tear down the other side. Like that's never worked. Right. It just creates more tribalism. Yeah. It just perpetuates the struggle and whatever. So if you just know 100%, you are absolutely right. Yours is the correct stance. Then like more than anybody else, you should be treating the other people with compassion and love so that you can have dialogue and conversations so that they can see your point of view and come over to your side. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's mm -hmm. how we, we don't win people by for any in any area of life we don't get people to agree with us by condemning them or by you know threatening them or by telling them you know whatever it is like we don't that's not how we get people on board with us that just for the, for the average person you know some people might come under some kind of like feeling because of that and be like oh well maybe i'm wrong and whatever but that the average person will fight fire with fire so to speak right. and just keep pushing it back further because again like you said if our fights against flesh and blood then we're just going to keep pushing that thing further but if we recognize that my battle is not with the person in front of me it's not with flesh and blood it's against the spirit of the age it's against the spirit that's behind that wrong belief system or whatever it is and so mm -hmm. um, the way for me to get through that is to not move in that negative spirit the way for me to get through to that is to show love and to show compassion and um, to, sh to be Christ-like, you know, in however that looks in the situation, you know what I mean? But it's not, it's not fighting against people to try to get people to agree with you. Like if, if you think about it, that yeah. like, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. I yeah. want you to agree with me. So I'm going to yell at you for, for 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, that just creates well, arguments that just creates yeah. argument and fight. And, you know, it, I was, as you guys were talking, I just, you know, I was reminded of what second Corinthians 10 five says, you know, which specifically uses the word argument, you know, mm, um, yeah. that it says, uh, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of mm. God, Denise, bringing every gotta, thought into captivity, into the, why do you got to bring God. the Bible into this? Come on. Because <laughs> it's important. I mean, we are not called to cause and create arguments for the sake of just creating arguments. Yeah. We're actually to bring arguments into the knowledge of God. We are to bring them mm. captive because all those arguments without us realizing are being used by the enemy to exalt themselves and whatever thing they're promoting over the knowledge of Christ. Yeah. And that is not what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, actually, you know, mm -hmm. there's all these talks of mandates and everybody's mad about mandates. I get it. Yeah. But let's uh, remember what the mandate is that Jesus gave us, you know, right. when they asked him, they're like, what is the most important thing He's right. to love God with all of your heart and to love yeah. your neighbor yeah. as yourself. And it's yeah. like, hold on a second. The royal That's law. the man. That is a <laughs> mandate. That is a mandate that you must do yeah. if you're a Christian. And remember Christian. And when it was that, that term, because uh, it was the way, and then, you know, they started calling them Christians. Yeah. It meant little Christs, yeah. little yep. Christs. And yep. when I see Jesus, you know, there's a lot of talk, and this is probably getting me in a ton of trouble and people get mad at me. But, you know, I understand rights. I get it. And yeah. I think God gives us rights as well. However, I do find it interesting that Jesus, God in the flesh, laid down everything he had, including his rights yeah. and his deity, to for us you know yeah. he he laid that down he said that you know it says that even though he was fully god he did not consider that something to hold on to he yeah. did he let go of things he sacrificed himself for us and if we're called to love god and love people then 
it makes so much sense. But at the same time, it explains why there's so much turmoil here in the in the Western church. It yeah. is it's something that we've lost sight of the mandate that God has given us. You know, it's not it's not you. Oh, well, maybe I can do it. And then, you know, they continue to ask, like, well, who is my neighbor? It's like we try the human condition. The beast in us is trying to get out of that mandate. We don't want to do that mandate. We don't like being told what to do. But as a yeah. Christian, that is a necessity. It's a mandate. Have to have to do it. Wow. Yeah. And that also speaks about your love walk. You know, that also speaks yeah. about like what is actually in you, because it's a lot of sometimes a lot easier to say, oh, I stand for this and I stand for this. than mm -hmm. have to evaluate. Wait, are my beliefs and my stance actually an expression of the love? that I have for right. God and that I'm meant to have for others or not. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a hard cookie to swallow sometimes because that means that I have to, you know, I have to put myself in a position like David did and say, Lord, search my heart yeah. and see if there's anything in me yeah. that goes against you. Yeah. Absolutely. Because like you say, I mean, we are flesh and bone. We are, our carnality our, you know, our natural humanistic um, mindset mm -hmm. is going to tell us self-preserve, do this, do that. But when you yeah. look at that compared to the kingdom of God, you realize like, hey, this is mm -hmm. not, this is not right. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's, there's two things that are happening right now in history. I think that God is, 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 is calling his sons and daughters to live up to the standard, you know, mm -hmm. to evaluate like, mm -hmm. okay, where are you? Where are you? Do yeah. you have religion or do you actually have relationship? And it's mm. also raising yeah. the question, do you know God? Yeah. Because I can speak about God and I can, you know, recitate the Bible. or I don't know if that's the right word. I'm sorry. I can, mm. you know, recite. Not resuscitate. That'd be like the Bible died. <laughs> We had to bring it back to life. No, um, you know, I can quote scripture recite. to you left yeah. and right. And, but if I actually don't know how to rightfully divide the word of God, I could easily mm -hmm. use it as a weapon against you. And I could easily, right. instead of giving you the right information and the right interpretation, lead you away from God. Hmm. So there's something as you said that we, are we, we need to have that balance, you know? Well, there's something, and I'm, I'm a fixer. I like to fix, like, if there's a problem, I want to know, like, yeah. I don't want it just to go away. I want to know what the problem oh, wow. is. Right. And, yeah. and sometimes that gets me in trouble too. But if that's the <laughs> issue, right. If like, we're talking about, like, you were saying, like, where are you? And I'm like, trying to think like, why do we act this way? And I was mm -hmm. reminded of that song, uh, build my life. Right. And the bridge of that song says, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. Mm -hmm. And then it says later that I will not be shaken. So the question is, if we're, if we're shook, right? If it, like, to me, it's what, what is the foundation of your life mm -hmm. built on? What, what, what are you built mm -hmm. on? If it's built on his love, that's going to naturally come out. That compassion's naturally going to come out. You're going to. Because that's your foundation. That's what you're yeah. built yeah. on. That's a natural yeah. outflow of it because that's where your identity comes from. That's where your sense of well-being comes from. It comes from God. It comes from Jesus and his love. Yeah. But what I think now is what we're seeing is kind of what you're describing is 
we're seeing, uh, you know, it's very easy for us as Christians to put our foundation in things that are not of God. And for then sure. we're shook and we're like, yeah. why am I shaken? Why am I shook? Why am I, why is this all bothering me? Because the foundation of our lives needs to be built on the love of God. So that's where it wow. all comes from. I, first John says, uh, John says in, in, in first John, he says, um, uh, he says that God is love. Like those who don't have love yeah. don't know God because God yeah. is love. Now that's not just a descriptive word about God. That's actually the very nature of who he is like he is the source he is the originator of love shouldn't we go to that source to build our foundation you know you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. that's what i think is the biggest problem because you have people getting upset about people not being vaccinated and you got people upset about people being vaccinated and you got uh, upset about who's president you got you know people upset about what's happening in schools i'm not saying we shouldn't be upset but it shouldn't shake us and if it shakes us now and and we're now we're we're operating in the flesh and now we're operating in anger and hurt and pain now that shows you that your foundation needs to be uprooted and you need to found put it back into christ so that you can be uh so you can be a co-laborer with him you know what i mean yeah sorry i got a there yeah, no, it's really good. Like, good, good. like you've both said, it, that's why being led by the Spirit just yes. becomes so, so key, so important. I mean, you know, the Word of God obviously gives us the framework for everything that we need to know, as far as you know, the way that we're supposed to treat people, the way that we're supposed to respond when when conflict comes up, when things that are happening to us that we disagree with, and all these kinds of things. The Bible tells us how our mindset is supposed to be, how we're supposed to respond, how we're supposed to treat people. But then like for these individual situations, like there's some unprecedented th- things happening today in our society. And again, like um, we, everybody's got their own opinion and belief system and whatever. But when we, um, we need to just, I mean, if, if you're led by the spirit in the decision that you make, then you're good, right? I mean, I mean, that's all you can do. If God, if God is leading you this way, then he's gonna so like if, if god is leading you let's just say god's leading you not to get the vaccination let's say if if if, um, mm-hmm. if that's what's happening so you're being led by the spirit and you believe god's leading you not to get the vaccine but your job is going to start mandating that you have to have the vaccine like well god's gonna provide i mean a way then too, then if, if god's leading you that way yeah. then like you pointed to earlier then you've then you've got to find another job yeah. And God's got to, God's got to protect you. God's got to provide for you. God's got to take care of you. And so if it's the, whatever it is, however, however you're attacking that situation, um, there, like you said, there shouldn't be fear there. If the foundation is right, if the foundation is correct right. and our lives are built on the love of God, our lives are built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. then we know that He's with us mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. know that he's our provider and we know that he's faithful, that he's going to see us through. And so, sure. I mean, for some people, I mean, that might look like moving out of the country at some point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Who yeah. knows? I mean, hopefully I'm hoping this stuff doesn't go that far, yeah. but who knows Mexico's what's going to happen? Gonna you know what I mean? Problem. Like, yeah. Mexico, buckle up, Denise. Everybody's going to be trying to get them. Everybody's coming to Mexico. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> That's okay. the basement of the United States. We're all going to go hang out in the yeah. basement. The basement. That sounds really bad. <laughs> but it's okay. I guess we, we say bad things like that. It's America Junior. 
no, but, wait, no, what know. is it? What is it like in Mexico? I got to ask. What is the with all of this kind of stuff that we're dealing with here in the United States? What is it like in Mexico? What do you What are you hearing I mean, from your family and friends? The climate over there is it's tense as well as it is here, and I think it's a lot. It's a lot worse in the sense that people have less access to healthcare than here mm. in America. Um, mm. Healthcare is cheaper to certain senses to a certain extent. However, if you are sick and you are in need of a ventilator, you getting that is going to depend mm. on the resources that you have. So if you have money, you'll have access to it. If not, then you'll fence for yourself. Yeah. And it's sad in the sense that, I mean, now here people who have passed away with COVID, like their families have some time to have closure and stuff. In Mexico, you don't get to see your family member. Mm. They, you recognize the body and mm. the body gets cremated and that's it. So we have a lot of people that have lost family members to mm. COVID who really? are dealing with grief in a... Mm -hmm. exponential way because there was no closure um mm. so it's affected it's affected uh the country in many different ways um in other countries man like there's countries where they difficult. just they do like basically mass covid graves yeah. essentially yeah. um where there's no opportunity to recognize the like the it's just if you die with covid like the the response is to just get rid of that body um it's it's like when we compare our situation to what some other nations around the world are dealing with, um, we're way better off than a lot of other, you know, nations yeah. are. Yeah, we, we have friends that are like going to the, in Mexico, you know, we have friends that have gone to the, the doctor because they have like a fever, they have a headache, they have a cough, they have stuff like that, which you, can't you even might get think, tested. okay, we, this might be COVID. So let me go to the doctor. They won't even, they, we've had friends get turned away because they could still taste their food. Yeah. My they father. said, if you can still taste your food, you don't have COVID, go back home. Yeah. My it's like, my wow. we know this, this disease affects people in so many different yeah. ways. Like that's not yeah. the only thing. So, but it's like you said, I mean, I'm sure if it was, you know, a different situation, they were connected yeah, uh, to somebody money. like they can go in and they can get a test when, yeah. whenever they wanted. But so it's, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's different, different structure. Yeah. So in Mexico, we have this saying that probably when I translate it, it's not going to make any sense in English, but it means when there's money, the dog dance dances basically. Okay. So yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You're right. It doesn't make any sense in English. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> when there's, but but when there's it's money. saying that if there is money, whoever, whatever you need, you'll have an access to it. You know, that's what that expression means, you know, because mm. you're, it, it doesn't make sense. Anyway. So I love that. Um, I love that you translated it and you're like, wow, in English, that does not make any sense, but it no, makes sense in, in, in Spanish. In Spanish. Yeah. Cause it's just an idiomatic expression. So people understand what you're talking about when you say it. I see. I so, see what you mean. Um, say, say it in Spanish. It's con dinero baila el perro. That's what you say. That sounds good. <laughs> Sounds, sounds good. good. Yeah. It so, sounds better in Spanish. Um, yeah. yeah, like Duke said, like you have people that maybe are sick and they go to the doctor and they get checked and the doctor say, well, you know what? Just to be safe, go get tested. You know, mm. they're not doing tests there. So they'll just send you to go get tested somewhere. And then you go get tested and they tell you like, well, no, you're not sick enough. 
or you don't you don't mm. you don't look that bad so we don't want to waste that test that we would have given you for someone who actually needs it oh, so wow. there's this i would say kind of distorted way of looking at the gravity of things mm -hmm. you know i mean thank right. god you know my my dad ended up going to get tested because he he was dealing with um like a severe cough that he had for um, i guess more than 10 days he his throat mm. wasn't hurting or anything but he was just like for something like a cold and the doctor just wanted to make sure because my dad is elderly so he just wanted to make sure mm -hmm. he didn't have COVID. so yeah when he got turned away and you know wow he he had to come back a few times he went back you know kept trying until they finally were like i guess they probably got tired of it <laughs> <laughs> that they were like let's give this man a test you know um persevere you know the unrighteous kid like the, the, like the unjust the... kid not exactly. because of his compassion but because of her because of his persistence yeah. so i mean thank god you know he got tested and he didn't have it but and he was you know he was sure that he didn't have it but at the same time it's like why take the risk i mean yeah if there is the option why take the risk but mm -hmm. there are countries where like getting tested is expensive you know it's only yeah. done in certain places so you have to meet certain qualifications um vets and hospitals are in shortage it's they're just mm. i feel i think like it affects a lot and a lot has to do with the social economic system and the how the money is given and allocated so it's we definitely have to pray for all those countries that are in those situations you know um absolutely not no, has it's, an option. well and sometimes to be fair you know just the i think some people just need to hear like even me like i need to hear you know we are we are very blessed in this country and um you know i i give thanks for that yeah you know what i mean it's just sometimes perspective is it's good yeah. to get some perspective i think um you know uh do you guys remember jason upton you guys know who mm -hmm. that is <laughs> yes yes he 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 uh came to elam once and when he was there I, I don't remember what he was talking about but uh the one thing that stuck out was he was talking about having an aerial view mm -hmm. uh an aerial view so what he was what he was saying was and he may have been singing it. I'm not sure, but what he's saying is yeah, when we're when we're in it, talking. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, he did. Uh, he would say that, and the point was, you know, we're we're on the ground level, and when you're looking up, you know, and you're in the valley, and you're looking at the mountain, it's hard to get a it's hard to get a perspective. Mm -hmm. of what's beyond that or yeah. what's more, what else is out there because Happening, to us yeah. that's all we see but god has this like aerial view where he can see all these different things happening he can see what's going on in different countries he can see you know and i think the perspective to try to see all of this from god's point of view uh that's what i'm you know that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for god's eyes with people i'm looking yeah. for god's eyes in my situations and my country and mm -hmm. my you know, wherever I'm at, it's like, God, where are you at in this? You know? And again, I, I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to poo poo on people that are, you know, passionate about the constitution or passionate about sure. law or passionate, like I, about health or whatever. I'm not, I am not saying like, don't care about things, yeah. but it is important that 
you know, it all comes down to priorities, really. Like, what is my priority? And I think first and foremost, my priority needs to be the kingdom of God. And then after that, you know, we have these other concerns, but they're like, we go yeah. back to what we were saying. Let's not allow them to be division. Let's not allow yeah. that to divide us um, yeah. as the people of God or, div- or, or even further, you know, what is it? Um, further divide or further put that chasm between us and the lost. It's like, I, yeah. I want that. I want to stand firm in what I believe and my convictions, but yes. at the same time, I don't want those beliefs and convictions to keep me from ministering to my neighbor, you know? Yeah, yeah man. That's yeah, good stuff. 100%. That's, that's good stuff. Hey, yeah, I, like, um, go ahead. Sorry. Like and then I'm going to, and then I got to ask you a question. Fly that was a big fly. Right just, oh my Lord. I think that's the one that was It's like, <laughs> like going past yeah. my ear. I think that's um, It's crazy. No, but uh, yeah, like like what you were talking about earlier with love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Like that is mm-hmm. the commandment of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That like on that hangs all the law and all the prophets. So everything else finds yeah. its true meaning and its true value within that. Right? It's co- yeah. yeah. Like I like that you just did cohesive, that. The like co- yeah. cohesion, cohesive. What, what's yeah. the what's the is it cohesion, co- cohesiveness, or cohesion? Cohesion. I'm gonna say cohesion. Um, like but like, but yeah, so, okay. So you have, you're very, very, you have a very strong stance on, um, you have, you have a very strong stance on abortion. Playing awesome. cards. So do playing I. Cards. You, you have a very cards. strong stance on playing cards. You have a very strong stance <laughs> on health. You have a very strong stance on vaccines are, are terrible. You have a very strong stance on this political affiliation, whatever. Do all of that. Just make sure that you're loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you're loving your neighbor as yourself in the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and let That's that right. thing, let that passion, let that belief, let that value system that you have on the inside of you come to its fullest expression through the lens of I love mm-hmm. my God with all my heart and I love my neighbor as I love myself. Mm-hmm. And then we don't go wrong. We don't, we don't get, I mean, we'll yeah. make mistakes because we're not perfect. You know what I mean? But, but then we don't end up in, I'm in this camp and you're in that camp. No, like mm-hmm. I mean, I might be in this camp in terms of what I believe, but that doesn't make you any less than me. And and you and I can we can we can still we can have relationship and we can interact and we can you know I can speak into your life and I can allow you to speak into my life and like we can do all that because it's it's not about me. Mm-hmm. You mentioned you were talking about rights, like how we we just my rights. These are my rights. You're trampling on my rights, like. Like, okay, like, I, I'm so glad that we live in a free country. I'm so yeah. glad for freedom. I want people to be fr- yeah. as free as possible. I want people to experience freedom in, like, it, in the in their country. I want people to experience freedom in God. I want people to experience, I just want people to be free. Like, like mm. more than anything in this whole world, I want people to be free. Um, But, like, when my rights become the primary thing in my life that I'm fighting for, don't get me wrong. We, we shouldn't, we shouldn't surrender our rights. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't just mm-hmm. sacrifice and be willing. Yeah. Take them. I think yeah. we've done yeah. that in terms of privacy, in terms of so many things We're like, because of convenience, we've allowed, um, we've allowed things to just kind of like slip through the cracks because we're, we're so, as a society, we're so interested in convenience. So mm-hmm. we'll sacrifice things like privacy for the sake of convenience. You know, I think, I think there's been a lot of that and I, and whatever. So I'm I'm not saying that you don't fight for your rights. What I'm saying is your primary drive in life, your primary your your primary, primary. I'm just making up words. Your primary yeah. fight in life should not be for your rights. Yeah. If anything, mm-hmm. it should be for fighting for somebody else. 
Um, well, don't forget though, we have to fight for our right to party. We do. Don't forget that. That's a very vital. <laughs> That's part so of this. true. Uh, but what you, uh, there was something my pastor said the other day that has been like uh, rocking my world. He said uh, a couple weeks ago. He said you should care about your relationships as much as your opinions. Yes. And, you know, I would almost say more than your opinions, um, but mm-hmm. as much because people got opinions and we hear them all the time, right? Everybody's got, yeah. and I'm sure share my opinions now, but my relationships should be on that same, that same thing. Like rather than trying to be right about everything in the world, I want to, I, I don't want to burn those bridges of relationships, you know, um, yeah. it's just and so I powerful. Think, I think- I think it's important to recognize that, I mean, when Jesus gave us that mandate, um, a lot of times we look at things that, you know, Jesus um, gave us or, or instructed us to do, and we don't recognize or we don't see that there's work that's going to require yeah. in order for us to do that. You know, sometimes we we throw the love car so quickly and so easily, but let's be honest, mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard. It's hard it to love other people sometimes because mm. you don't understand where they're coming from because mm. you don't see things their way because you know um and i think that we have to be willing to put in the work to say mm. hey god show me you yeah. are the you are the, the source of love yeah. so as i love you it's, show uh... me how to love them show me how to love that person that is difficult to love because maybe you know i agree or i don't i disagree but that we won't shy away from trying from recognizing that he's given us the grace to love the unlovable to love those that don't don't quite maybe see things in our own in in, in our way i think it um like in marriage you have these you have this, like, we always talk about, well, I'm in love. And you hear people say, well, I fell out of love with that person. I don't love right. that person anymore. Mm-hmm. And love is a, is a choice. Love yeah. is a decision that we make. And it reminds me, Duke, you'll like this. It reminds me of a thrice lyric. Uh, I, I think it's called The Weight is the, the name of the song. And I was looking for it in my office because what you said, Denise, just reminded me of it. But it says, love is not a, he says, love is not a, uh, no, love is a loyalty sworn, not a burning for a moment. And mm. it's it's the it's the loyalty to say mm. that I won't abandon you just because we have a difference. I'm not going to walk out on you in my marriage. I am here. I am I am promising. That's what our vows are. Our vows yeah. aren't saying, yeah. "Oh, I love you now, and maybe I'll love you later." No, our vows are saying, "I'm going to choose to love you even when I don't want to." And yeah. I think marriage is a perfect example of what God you know, is trying to show us of what we need to do with others is make that decision, that choice to love people, even when it's hard. Um, You know, like, for example, we were talking a little bit about love and I was talking about first John. And when it says God is love, he's actually using the word agape. And it's not a love that it's not a love that like, I love pizza. I love pizza. Mm -hmm. Pizza's great, but pizza has value to me. That's why I love it what God is actually is, is that he, he, he doesn't love you because you're valid, because you're valuable. You're valuable because you're loved. 
you know, is that decision that he made that of who in his nature to love us. It's almost like he can't choose another option but to love us. And yeah. that's mm -hmm. as little as little Christs, we are trying to value people because we are choosing to love them, not loving them because they have some value to us. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Or did yeah, I yeah. confuse it? I may have confused sure. it. Yeah. For sure. If that's, I only love people because they can add value to my life, then I'm really loving myself, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. If I'm only mm -hmm. honoring somebody because I, I feel like they can offer me something in return, then You're that's that's yourself. not honor. It's it's all <laughs> it's all about me. It's selfish. Yep. It's really it's selfishness. If yep. I'm only if I'm only like honoring if I'm only sewing into somebody's life, if I'm only siding with somebody or agreeing, like whatever it is, like because I'm interested in what they can, and I think we probably subconsciously do this more than we would like to admit. Oh yeah. But sure. you know what I mean? Like if we're, if I'm only doing something for this person because I'm thinking about what they're going to do for me in return or what I'm going to get out of it or how it's going to benefit me or how my life's going to increase or get better as a result, then, uh, yeah, I'm self-focused. I'm not, I'm not mm -hmm. actually focused on the person. I'm a leech. That's all I am. Take, take, take. And I don't, I don't care. I mean, leeches are like that, you know, they, they drink yeah. the blood, they take whatever they, they, you know, they get full fat and they get, you know, detached from yourself, mm. but they left behind chaos, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not. What'd a, you say? How'd you say that? Say it again. They leave behind chaos. 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 You know, they just, it's it's yeah. selfishness is ugly and yeah. a lot of times we it don't sure. recognize how selfishness can um what do you call it can cover itself with mm -hmm. you know self-humility or self-righteousness mm -hmm. or things like that you know it gives you the appearance to be good but the heart behind it is not mm -hmm. right yeah so on yep. that note and our okay, world's looking I'm, for genuine our world, yes. our world is looking for genuine, you know, and you, if we could love people, you know, before we condemn them, if we can do that and make those decisions before we, you know, ostracize them, if we can do that. And I think that's genuine, you know, that's a genuine thing. It's saying, I love you, even though I don't really, even though it's hard, I think you said it yeah. earlier, that's a genuine thing. I think our world is desperate for, um, yeah. But it's going to get, it's just, you know, it's going to take a lot of work uh, on the, on the men and women of Christ to be able to um, not, I, you know, a lot of people look at it as wimpy, you know, they're like, well, that's just so wimpy. Aren't you going to make a stand? And I'm like, man, Jesus sure, sure the sake of like what? a wimp. You know, sometimes yeah. we value that stand higher than the value mm -hmm. of what? Like, yeah. you know, as a leader, as a pastor, I mean, I have opinions. Trust me, I have opinions about things, but I have to weight my opinions and realize, hold on, is my opinion really more important than destroying a relationship? Is my opinion mm -hmm. really more important than the soul of someone? No, it is not. Right. Right. At the end of the day, it is not because right. it's not about me. Like I live mm. to know him and make him know. And That's in right. me you know, having a stand or keeping my opinion destroys those that I could draw closer to him. I don't want it. I just don't want it. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth mm. it because 
he yeah. is more valuable and all he's done in my life if i want people to experience that i want them mm -hmm. to see that that's his love he, he's worth it like he is more worth it than anything yeah. else mm -hmm. you know i think i think so uh true. paul said you know like i counted all things as lost for the knowledge of him everything yeah it doesn't matter but you know I think him, he says uh that is doesn't what he... matters Scan scandala, I think is the Greek word he uses there. And I think it means scandala. poop. Yeah, like yeah, rubbish. Something or, like um, that. Rubbish. Yeah, dung, I think is one of the <laughs> translations. Yeah. And like it, it was a strong it was a strong word yeah. back then. Which yeah. brings up a whole nother fun subject about like I know. uh cuss words. You know, it's funny. We have these <laughs> these right. these words that are cuss words and back then there were no cuss words they were just strong language like i'm just i'm trying right. to express this and when the bible says you know un, like something coming out of your mouth like make sure it's not filthy it's that's like coarse talk or or you know like when we talk about cursing and we think well curse is like like a swear word right but really what a curse is yeah that's what a, a lot curse of word think. is exactly <laughs> but a curse word isn't the f word I know. and a curse word isn't like the s word or whatever what what actually a curse is that the bible's talking about is when you say i hate you or go yes. kill yourself or you're stupid you're putting a curse on somebody uh that's why you know f you is a terrible thing for two reasons obviously it's a cultural taboo but another thing you are condemning that person mm. you're cursing that person yeah, yeah and yeah. um you know, that can, but I think it's just as bad to call somebody a fool or stupid. Like you're an idiot. You're actually, yeah. you are actually cursing that person. Yeah. But yeah. we just overlook that. Like, well, we didn't say a cuss word, so I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I totally changed the subject, but it's, it's okay. I, I no, that. it's cool. Because listen, I just want to say goodbye. I have to get going because I have to go to work today. But Bye. I want to jump in the podcast and it was great <laughs> talking to you and everything. You Thanks guys keep coming. it up. Have it fun great. at being here, baby. Have fun at the pharmacy. I I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> fun. All right, you wanna keep going, keep talking about that. That's a good that's yeah, a good thing. Let me um I'm gonna mute for one second so she can get her Take my mic. mic off. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, while she's doing that, I uh you know, because my kids come home from school and they'll be like, Yeah, dad, I heard this guy, he said this word, you know, and I'm like, um, they're like that was a bad word i can't believe they said that i'm like okay and then like 10 minutes later i see her she's over there you know telling her sister that she's ugly or something like that i'm like i told her one day i said yo you literally are doing something worse than what that kid said earlier in school like it's worse what? because because you you just you just put a curse on your daughter or on your on my daughter on your on your sister and whoa, we got i was just trying got, to so I, hope, I, hope, I hope you didn't get whiplash just now yeah. i didn't warn you or anything this is why people need to watch the podcast so you can see yeah if you're listening don't happen. even worry about it hey um yeah dude it's crazy. well Isn't that, i was gonna say like there yeah because yeah there's this whole thing about um uh like Jesus talked to the Pharisees about being, he called them at one point, right? Whitewashed tombs. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's this thing August that Burns we Red do. song right there. What'd you say? August Burns Red. August Burns Bro, Red. August Whitewashed Burns Red tombs. at Furnace Fest was so cool. I was gotta, only. I, listen, 
I had that written down to talk to you about. So we'll get there in, in a minute. But okay, yeah. We'll, we'll but anyway, there. he called him whitewashed. Don't, we call don't, him. don't let me forget. Yeah, but yeah, like you're saying, like we can do this thing where because there's a there's a certain taboo on something. Like I could, I could think of myself as like, oh, I'm more righteous because I don't say those kinds of words. But at the same time, mm -hmm. I'm condemning people and falsely, you know, <laughs> like judging people and doing like these different things and thinking that I'm okay just because I'm not saying one of those words. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I kind of elevate. I, it's a religious thing. I, you know what I mean? I'm not saying like yeah. just start, start, just start throwing cuss words around like it's nothing. I'm just saying, you know, don't mm -hmm. like don't judge like we we just have this thing it's like we we we've learned to judge things a certain way um i don't know they're <laughs> well think about it think about how people <laughs> sorry talk my wife about... was asking me where the car keys are uh it's funny i don't know well think about know. how the way we talk to celebrities right think about how the way we talk about presidents or politicians it's like they forget that those people are the image of god like they are made in the image of God. And when you're throwing down curses just because you don't know them, you're still not, that's not the right thing to do. Like, I'm sorry. That's not what a Christian is supposed For to be sure. doing. It's like, but you see it all the time saying, you know, this president is an idiot. This guy's a blah, blah, blah. You know, he's a snake. It's like, yo, you're cursing that guy. Like, I'm not saying you can't be critical. You should, you know, you should be critical of every president. Yeah. You should be looking for that, uh, looking for what to improve on and seeing things. I'm not saying bury your head in the sand, but I'm also saying uh, as Christians, we should be known for our love. That's a wild statement. I wonder where that comes from. You know, <laughs> yeah, I wonder who like, said that. Yeah, you know, it, it, like they will know. That's what Jesus says. Think about this for a second. They will know that I mm -hmm. am God based on how you love one another. That's crazy because it Nuts. it's on our shoulders of how we love people will reveal how god is god that's just that's crazy isn't that wild that's so much that is so much like we think well god's going to reveal himself no he says that you the way you love one another by that that's how people will know that i am the truth i am the truth that i'm the way that i'm the life <laughs> yeah. like, well, that's a lot of pressure. But at the same time, that shows you how important it is. It's crazy. That's just a wild statement, man. That is so – that proclamation that he made when he said that is like, whoa. Yeah. You know, and he says cool. – and, and he also says they'll know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. Yeah, you know, right there. It's, it's amazing. It's like the – the responsibility or not the responsibility the let me say it, the authority that he's given to us is so much bigger i think than we realize and it's not about mm -hmm. us the, like the point is not for us to like you said like it's 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 pressure but it's not like the point is not for us to come under pressure of having to you know anytime we get into like a performance mentality or something like that oh i have to do this because then we're we're already we're focused on ourselves we're not focused on him and so we're going to get get in the wrong place the intentions are good you know what i mean the intentions behind it are good but the focus is self and that never gets yeah. us in in the to the right destination so when he says they'll know you're my disciples by your love for one another that's a big deal because yep. like you were like you were saying, we actually in the way that we act, the way that we treat people, 
we help people get either a a good understanding, a good picture of who God is, or a misrepresented version of who God is. I was actually just I was just preaching about this yesterday, man, how we misrepresent God in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, and one of one of the areas that I pointed out, and this might shift the subject a little bit. I hope it doesn't do it too much, but one of the areas that I pointed out, and I didn't even it wasn't planned, it wasn't part of the the message. It just kind of came out. It was like when we operate from a place of lack or like when my mentality is coming from a place of lack, I'm going to misrepresent God every single time. And so Mm. God's a God of abundance. And so whether I'm talking about, and I wasn't, I wasn't even really talking about money. Um, I, I mean, it was in there, it's part of it, but like, if, if I'm thinking about lack in terms of the assignment God has given me, the, what he's called me to, the gifts and the talents that he's that he's placed within me. The, anything that God has given to me, here's the deal. Nothing belongs to us. Money, like the nothing, nothing belongs to us. We're just simply administrators of of God's stuff because everything in this mm-hmm. earth belongs to God. Everything we have is because he's allowed us to have it. And we um we're just administrating, um, we're stewarding the things of God. And so when I'm focused on myself, when I'm focused on my ability to make things work, when I'm focused on, when I'm coming at the things that God has placed in front of me, when I'm coming at those things from a mindset that's based on lack instead of abundance, mm-hmm. that means that I'm focused on my resources, that I'm focused on my ability to make something happen instead of God's ability to make something happen. And so right. if I'm focused on my economy rather than God's economy, if I'm focused on my ability rather than God's mm. ability, then there's going to be all this mm. pressure on me and I'm going to underperform and I'm going to, I'm going to underserve people. I'm going to undervalue people. Like I'm just going to attack things in a very different way because I'm going to be thinking about me. I'm going to be thinking about right. things like if I give all of this away, then I'm going to run out and it's going to be gone. I'm going to think mm. in terms of if I, bro, I used to do, I used to, and maybe I still do it. I don't know. I haven't thought about this in a while, but I used to do this thing where um, I'd be spending time with God and God would give me revelation. And I'd be worried about like, I would get this sermon that I thought was so good or like this teaching truth I thought was so good. And I wouldn't want to release it. I'd like hold on to it. I'd be like, no, mm. I need to wait for a better opportunity. I need to wait till I'm in front of more mm. people. And I would want to hold on to that thing thinking, again, it's a scarcity mindset that I had. And it mm. was, if I release this, then it's going to be out there and it's going to be gone. And then what if I don't get more revelation? And that's such a dumb mm. thing because he's always got more for me. But if I'm right. holding on to what I have right now and I don't release it, then why is he going to give me more? Like if my hands are, you know, figuratively, my hands are closed because I'm holding on to the stuff that he's given me and I'm not administering it well. What did we see in the story of like the three guys with the talents? He's like, You know, Mm. the guy that had one and who just hit it in the ground and didn't do anything with it. The the master came back at the end and he took it and he gave it to the guy that had the most. And we say, well, that's not just, that's not fair. But he gave it to the guy that knew how to make something happen with the resources that were in his hands. He took it away from the guy who was afraid. So he just hit it and didn't do anything with it. And he gave Mm. it to the guy that had proven that he was able to administrate and to steward the resources in his hands well. And God wants us hmm. to learn how we represent him well when we learn how to steward the things that he's given to us well. 
And we don't do that when we operate from this place of like lack of, oh, we're going to run out. You know, I'm not talking yeah. about making stupid financial decisions. That's I'm not even talking about finances. I'm just talking the mindset that we approach life and people with. Um, right. It's it's got to be based on his ability, mm. not on our ability. And anytime it's on our mm -hmm. ability, that's when we come under the pressure of having to do things and having to get it right and all this kind of stuff. Where again, I think the whole thing that comes down to God just God wants us to be free. He wants us to be so free. Yeah. In yeah. him, you know what I mean. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to just say though, because I'm afraid somebody's going to say Jesus didn't say that. Uh, the when I was talking about like them knowing that who I am, that yeah. thing. When Jesus said that, he was praying. He was he was saying to the Lord, I believe he was saying to his Father, he's like, I and them, and you and me, so they may be brought to complete unity, right? Mm -hmm. And then the world yep. would know that you sent me, right? The world would know you sent yep. me because their unity. And have loved them even as you, uh, you have loved me. So I just wanted to make sure anybody, that's John 17, 23, if anybody was like, Jesus didn't say that. He did. Uh, <laughs> but no, going back to what you're saying, it's funny, like holding on, you're, you had mentioned like that scarcity mindset and holding on to stuff. It's I, I think Paul Johansson once said, uh, you know, like whatever God gives to us, we hold like this we hold with open hands so if he gives you money it's with open hands if he gives you uh if he gives you a career you, you know a calling whatever you're holding it mm -hmm. like this allowing him to take it if he needs to for his kingdom and his purposes right but mm -hmm. if you grab if you're grabbing on to something like you had done this like i'm holding on to something paul, uh, brother paul johansson said you're gonna get drugged down the street on the back of a cadillac and it's like there's so much yep. truth to that because whatever, like if you're in a scarcity yep. mindset, like you said, or a poverty mindset, it's like you're gripping and holding on to something with all it's like, cause that's what it's like. That's not, you're going back to what I said earlier. That's not your foundation. Your finances are not your foundation. Not. Heck, even Jesus said your family isn't, you know, in comparison, you should hate your family because of how much you love me, you know, yeah. and it's these things that we grip onto and we hold on to uh that like you said it's almost not allowing it's almost like putting a dam up and not allowing god to his his goodness right. to flow out that's right uh i think that's awesome that you said that and and you also were saying like you know it's not me it's him he's the one i'm just walking in obedience doing everything he's called me to step after step after step i'm just walking in what he's called me to um, but if you're yeah. in a sc scarcity mindset, you're just going to try to get planet down and not move. No, that's good For stuff. Sure. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, uh, you went to Furnace Fest for those listening, maybe, I don't know, we're like an hour and a half in this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell, so tell them what Furnace we'll Fest is. So right. Some people have no idea, I'm sure. Did you say, just say what tell, Furnace Fest is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Furnace Fest was and is because now they're going to keep it going, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, so Furnace awesome. Fest started back in, I think it was 2000. It ran from 2000 mm -hmm. to 2003 um, in Birmingham, New York, at a place called Sloss Furnaces. And it's, it was a very uh, just a large it's like a like a punk, emo, metal, hardcore kind of a music festival back in the day. Um, Christian Christians at the forefront of it. Um, a lot of Christian bands, but not exclusively Christian bands. Mm -hmm. And 
then I don't really remember. And I've been told the story so many, like three or four times. And I, and I always forget why it stopped, but for whatever reason, it stopped in 2003 and they just revamped it this year uh, for, well, they tried to revamp it in 2020. It was supposed to be furnace fest 2020, but then because of the pandemic, they ended up having to postpone it. So it just took place in September and uh yeah it was like 90 bands on three stages over three days and just a lot of yeah metal hardcore um emo bands just the the music scene but the thing was the thing that was really special about it was that they they basically ran it their mindset was uh let's invite bands that we would have invited in 2004 if we didn't have to cancel it all those years ago. And so it was like all the bands that we grew up with um, for, you know, my generation, I'm 35. You're how old are you? 37, six, uh, 37. 37. Yeah. 37. 37. Like a whole bunch of bands that we grew up with, a whole bunch of bands that are like not even together anymore that just got back together for that weekend. So cool. Um, but it was just a really so special cool. A really special. What were thing. your What were your top? Give me your top five. Your top five in no particular order. Your top five bands that you saw. The ones that I just really enjoyed the most um, were for sure beloved because they were the reason I was there. Like if I'm being yeah. if if I'm being honest, they were the band. Shout out to Joe. Joe. Where Joe Bustin. Yeah. That, guy. that made it so much more special too, man. Just like the fact that. I kind of had that person. I told him when he came back on the podcast, we did sort of a Furnace Fest recap. And mm-hmm. um, I, I told him, like, I felt like it was even more special because I sort of had a little bit of a personal connection at that point um, to him and therefore to the band. And so it just made it more special. But like, did we, you uh, we had really good. There pres- or no? What's up? Did you get to connect with him there or no? Yeah, briefly. Um, cool. Briefly. It was their merch line was hours and hours long. And so, yeah, yeah, I walked up to him um, and, uh, you know, we, you know, talked, met face to face and stuff like that. But I didn't want to take a lot of his time because he's got such a heart for for the fans. And I mean, he's he stood out there that day and probably like he said, like he felt like he probably hugged about a thousand people. You know wow. what I mean? Like it was people waiting wow. for hours in the line to like buy a t-shirt and just to like talk to them for a second. And uh, he really, he's, he's very compassionate. He's just got a big heart uh, for, for his fans. And so I wasn't cool. trying to be like, just talk to me, man. Like forget about all these people. So I, uh, I kind of snuck up there and, <laughs> and said, Hey, and then I was able to meet Josh as well, which was cool. Oh, cool. And, um, but yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't stay long. So yeah, you didn't want to be a fanboy. Yeah, for sure. But but yeah, man, but it was cool just kind of having that personal connection. That was awesome. There was a lot of nostalgia there. It felt like a, a moment. Here, here's the thing. Um, you know, you know, Chad, right? Or who mm-hmm. Chad is. So yeah. Chad is like Chad the face Johnson. of Furnace Fest, basically. And um, he came out and talked and actually prayed. I don't know if you've seen any of the videos maybe of like mm-hmm. him praying. Like he came out and talked and shared his heart for a few minutes and then actually like prayed over the over the crowd right before Beloved set started. Like Beloved was up on stage about to start and he came out. Like that was the moment that he chose to address mm-hmm. Furnace Fest. 
And wow. really a big part of it was that beloved, uh, this is what Joe told me that, that Chad told him that when beloved decided that they were going to, cause they had been approached early on, you know, of like, this is a possibility. We're thinking about revamping furnace fest, but one of the, the name of like the bands, like one of the bands that just keeps coming up that we're seeing over and over it is like beloved. If you can get beloved back together, we'd be in. And so when mm. beloved decided to come back together for furnace fest because beloved broke up in 2005 so it's a lot yeah. is 16 years so Crazy. when they when they said yeah we'll do it that that's this is what chad said that chad said um that's when he knew we have to make this happen so there was like mm. a connection between furnace fest happening and beloved's you know kind of coming back together there was a connection there and so, but anyway, it was that moment. It was really cool because Chad came out. He prayed over everybody. It was like pretty like powerful. Uh, I actually have it on video. I, if you're interested, I could send it to you. And then Beloved Set was just awesome. And it was like, it was rough. I was getting knocked around. I was getting kicked in the head by crowd surfers. And like, I <laughs> kept losing my glasses and I was terrified. Like the, one of the lens, lenses popped out. And so about four songs in, I kind of went off to the side a little bit where I wasn't all up in the chaos, but <laughs> it just chaos. felt like a moment where everybody there was connected. It was just something mm -hmm. like a really special sort of a community moment. That's and sweet. that was really cool. Showbreds show. I, I hadn't heard. seen them in so many years. Uh, they were, they were great. They were uh, yeah. as I think they were one of the best sets of the entire weekend. Obviously, I didn't see. Everybody I've heard that because I couldn't see. Everybody. I've heard everybody said that that was the like most like like underrated show. Like it was like it, it far exceeded expectations, and even people were showing up who you know weren't really a fan of Showbread, and then was like they were like dude like like falling in love with them. And I still think that band right now could be. I totally think this that band right now could be relevant even today. Like that band is still that the style, what they do, it's quirky, it's different. And yeah. I still think it would be relevant. I think it's so unique. Um, their stage presence. I mean, Josh looks like that lead singer. I mean, <laughs> looks like he's 20, 25 years old, dude. And he's like my age. And I'm like, look at that dude. And he's a pastor, which is cool. You should get him on here, bro. You should get him on here. That would be sick. Ask Joe. To get Do you have Josh a connection? Okay. Well, Joe Joe did uh Joe doesn't know him. Because ah, I, I talked to Joe. I talked, but I mean he can probably get in touch with them. They they have played together in the past. I he might, just doesn't know I may well. have a connection with somebody. I, I could probably see if I could get that. One book. of the best yeah, moments cool. of Furnace Fest, in my opinion, was when when Josh spoke. Have you heard about this? What with mm -hmm. what he's what he shared? Um mm -hmm. I still haven't been able to find the actual video. Um, they ended on stabbing art to death, which is just a yeah. super awesome, like seven and a half minute long song. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, that's, that song was designed for a live show. Like you can, mm. you can just tell like the way, the way that it's written and it has all these different, um, parts and it's really cool. But before, <laughs> right before the last song, he talked for about maybe a minute, minute and a half. And, uh, I butchered it last time when I brought this up, but. He said something to the effect of, um, let me see, I'm trying to get my thoughts right. 
in in a society or in a day when it's normal to leave and and what he was referring to is like it's normal to to leave your faith it's normal to you know forget about you know what you're doing forget about people like when it's normal to walk away and the way he said it was in in a, in a in a day where it's normal to leave faithfulness is the new rebellion and that was sort mm -hmm. of like the the crux of uh, of what he was saying. But he was talking about how That's cool, you know, he's like these songs that we wrote all these years ago. They mean more to me now than they than they ever have. And it, you know, it really resonated with me because I'd been thinking about it all weekend. There are so many bands that we grew that we you know were listening to when we were in like high school and stuff like that. And they were Christian back then, or they had Christian affiliation back then. But now it seems like so many have kind of left that world. Mm -hmm. Um, or just mm -hmm. kind of, you know, straight away and just kind of gone a little bit more, you know, secular, mainstream, whatever you want to call it. But um, so it's really cool that he said that and the way that he related it to like, you know, because the whole idea of like the punk rock genre being started, it was really like birthed out of a rebellion, but not not just a rebellion for the sake of we want to be like we want to be bad people like it, it's not that it's like we stand for something. And so there's a there's a sense of rebellion there when you're standing for something that's countercultural. But he's like, right. the thing is kind of flip flop to the point that now the normal thing is for people to quit, for people to quit their relationships, to quit their marriages, to quit their faith, to quit on things when they get difficult. And I didn't mean mm. to start preaching based on what this, no, it's good. Uh, on what it's awesome. on what Josh said, but it was just super cool. And he's like, you know, it is the rebellion these days to stay faithful to what yeah. you believe. Uh and um, awesome. it was a really cool moment and their their set was just epic and um juliana <laughs> theory um yeah. i was supposed to only stay for a little bit because august burns red was playing behind them i think i'm getting that right wow and i just couldn't do it man like i couldn't leave it was so good yeah they were just That's so awesome feel good and uh yeah, they connected with the audience really well. I just couldn't leave. So I stayed for the whole thing. And then I ran to the big, the main stage and I caught the last three songs of August Burns Red. And they did, they did like a wall of death. For anybody that doesn't know what that is, it's like a, it's like a giant mosh mm -hmm. pit that just like opens up like in a, like really huge. And then people basically like run together. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, but it wasn't the kind of crowd that, that was trying to hurt each other. For they sure. did that on was, um on Mariner's Trench, right? That was the song they did it on. Yeah. Yep. yep. So the last three songs I caught, I basically ran there and like got in got in the pit for the last uh, couple songs, and and that was that was a really cool uh, moment too. And then my last really 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 fun moment was um on Fit for a King. I forget where I was, but I ran, I ran over there too. basically got there for the last two songs. And on the, uh, on the last, I think it was on the last song, the guy, uh, I don't even know the, the lead singer's name for fit for a King, but he, oh. he, he just, he asked for a circle pit, but he wanted the circle pit to be like around the sound booth, like the, the sound thing in the middle. So it's just like a gigantic, circle opened up and we we're just like running you know running around like doing laps around this thing like high-fiving everybody it was just a really fun moment it was huge and it was the middle of the day like it was light out and uh you know so you weren't falling on the ground and stuff like that um but yeah that was just a fun That's moment sweet, you know what i mean um so you said uh beloved showbread juliana theory 
you only caught August Burns Red at the last three songs, and then yeah, what was five is what was and five uh was the the Circle Pit at fit fit for a king? If I'm just going That's bands, cool. if I'm just going bands, um, my number four would be bro Under Oath set. And I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting, um, I just didn't have high expectations because I'm just not really into their newer stuff as much. Mm -hmm. Dude, (laughs) they, they threw back, man. They did at least three songs that I remember. um, They did one of three songs from they're only chasing safety and they did when the sun sleeps. I remember where I was. I remember listening to that song. I was at Elam. And if you remember, there was a, this is, man, for some people, you're going to be like, what are you talking about? Uh, Before streaming services and, you know, during the time of CDs, there was a website called purevolume.com. I remember. Uh, I believe that came from a a website prior to that was called mp3.com. And that's where you could like, listen, that's where I discovered May. Yeah. I discovered May with mp3.com in 2002. Or 2003, right in that range. But I can remember uh, listening around that time uh, to When the Sun Sleeps on pure volume and being like, this band. I've never heard the screaming, singing combination like they did. Like they were like the forerunners of that genre. And Mm. I can remember hearing that going, this band is going to blow up. And Mm -hmm. um, I actually had the pleasure of playing with them in... Uh, with Under Oath, I got to play a show with them in a band I was in called Edison. That was the same type. We were singing and screaming yeah, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, there were, you know, we called it, we didn't know what to call it. We didn't call it Screamo because that wasn't even a title yet. We called right. it like metal, metal, like pop metalcore is the only pop thing. Metal I, I, <laughs> pop metalcore is the only thing That's I could cool. describe it as. And then Screamo kind of took on. But I can remember. Uh, I can remember playing a show with them and then afterwards Aaron Gillespie, you know, he was just this like little short, like chubby kid and he comes over yeah. and he's just like, he's like, Hey, Hey, Hey man, do you know where you can get some Buffalo wings? I said, okay, dude, we don't call them Buffalo wings. We just call them wings, <laughs> but I will take you, you know, let's go. So we went out and had a great time. That's when Dallas was in the band. Uh, Dallas, yeah, is, you know, man. then, you know, I pray for that dude too, man. He's ha- having a struggling time. He yeah. was the lead, the lead vocalist, I guess you would say, the lead screamer, and uh, it was very, it was a very rocky uh, relationship at that time. I could tell, I could see the writing on the walls that things weren't. I thought they were going to break up. Uh, he was on his cell phone, like the old Nokia cell, the bricks, and he was on his cell phone like the whole time while we were hanging out because he wanted to, you know, be on the phone with his girlfriend that and they were fighting all this stuff. So, and okay. he didn't do load in, he didn't take anything out. Like all of us did that. So it was a weird, it was a weird time. And I can remember when that happened. Now I say the story and nobody believes me, but I promise it's true. I was on instant messenger and I got a message from Aaron Gillespie asking if I would try out for under oath. I promise that's true. Yeah. I promise that's true. <laughs> I believe I was, you. I was at Elam. I can remember being in my dorm room when it happened. And I was like, dude, I'm at Bible school. The band I was in quit, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm not like, this is what I'm called to do. Like, and I, honestly, to be truthfully honest, I did not think that they were going to blow up like they did. And they went and got Spencer. I, I yeah. guess from what I was told, they put out a ton, a, a bunch of feelers 
out there. I think there was a guy filling in for Dallas for a little bit. Uh, but Spencer is the perfect was the perfect vocalist for that band, so I'm glad they went. Did they know, want you for I don't vocals know how, and guitar, or just, did he not? Just screaming, just screaming, just vocals. Yep. So you would have been but, you would have been the. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> it's crazy, dude. It's weird. You would have been the it's, you would have been the front man. It yeah. I mean yeah. If I like, I had to fly down to Florida. And, you know, all that kind of, I didn't have any money. Sure. It was like, it, I don't know. And they were just a, you know, they were a scene band at the time. They weren't, they were just a band that nobody knew of. So it wasn't like, you know, later on when that first, when they're only chasing safety came out, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is crazy. It was so this, good. This band is insane. And uh, I never talked to, I've never talked to Aaron since then. Uh, no, that's not true. I saw him at, there's a music festival up here that's similar to, to Furnace Fest, but it's one day and it was at, uh, it was in Elmira, New York. It's a free concert and he was there with the Almost and yeah. like he to- totally blew me off. <laughs> he, was, oh, yeah. he was, no, he didn't know, he didn't remember me, he didn't know me, he didn't, nothing. It was a very uh, yeah. painfully awkward uh, conversation that I had with him and uh, you know, hey, whatever. I've heard that from some people. I'm sure he's a great guy, but you know, when you got that many people trying to talk to you, I'm sure it gets very sure uh, frustrating at times. So I give him, I'm giving him grace. I'm giving him, you know, trying to see things from his point of view. But uh, that's that's cool, man. I I mean, I I watched a lot of YouTube videos of that of Furnace Fest, and uh, yeah, I was surprised that they did that song. That, that was cool. I also, when they did that song, I thought it was awesome they did it, but it real made me realize how far they've come, because the, even the structure of that that song is very clunky and awkward at times, right. and like right. there's moments where it could have been produced better, and um, yeah, it is what it is. So, <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. I I you know they're talking about having this other one, and you know it, I I see some things online like who would you like to see come back for next year at furnace fest if if this is like bringing bands back together who would you like to see come back together mm. and uh, my number one is 238 yeah number one, 238 i want to see them back together that would be awesome that's like mm. on the same level for me as beloved like to see two th- have you ever listened to them or no uh yeah yeah back in the day love that band love that band yeah. like they they that was crazy. So and uh, yeah, did you did you uh, were you able to catch uh, the Get Up Kids or no? I didn't. That was um, oh, where was I? Was um, it Zayo? Was Zayo on that at the same time? No. You know what? I didn't go to Zayo actually. Um, that mm-hmm. was a hard decision for me to make. But I I actually didn't go to Zayo because I'm if I remember right, I'm pretty sure Zayo was playing during uh thursday and i just really mm. wanted to i i'm like jersey at heart and like i i just Dude, i just wanted to see thursday so bad that that would be a tough decision for they've sure. been like like, like <sighs> i i had been some of the th- shows i went to back in the day with like thursday were some of like my favorite show memories and so yeah. i just wanted the nostalgia Dude, of the that way sure. he the way he swings that microphone in like it's just yep. so stinking cool like dude he's yeah. so cool 
Um, I remember seeing, I've seen Thursday a handful of times and I've loved everyone. And then I saw, uh, I, this is a cool story. The first time I ever saw Zayo uh, was the first metal show that I've ever been to in my entire life. Like I had never gone to one before. And my friend was like, kind of trying to get me into it. I'm like, I don't know, man, his vocals are, the vocals are so weird. You know, I was fresh into it. And I went and saw them, uh, their bassist quit on them, which it's like that band has like a revolving door of musicians but right. <laughs> uh the basis the basis quit so they didn't have a basis a bassist and they played at this bar in buffalo called uh the basement bar which is called something else now but it was a it's yeah. a just a dirty base it looks like a basement that's what it was yeah and i remember that was the first time i had ever witnessed like hardcore dancing you know where they're like like doing yeah. windmills and all that kind of stuff. The first time I'd ever seen that. And I was like, you know, put your hands up. And I just saw yeah. everybody else do it. And I'm like, oh, I better do that too. Like, I don't want to get hit in the face. And that was wild. That was like such a cultural, like, like, uh, like, wow. Like I was in culture shock in a moment, but also so influenced because the music, like people hear the screaming and they're like, what is this? It's terrible. Right. It's satanic or whatever. And I'm like, dude, it was so melodic. Like I heard, mm. I heard like the sweetness of it. I heard the the melody. I felt the emotion of that yes, show sir. of their songs, and it was um, where Blood and Fire brings rest is what they were touring mm. on. And I'm yeah. like, I think I like that album still today. I put it in, and it's just like it's a symphony. Uh, symphony. It's like oh, it's such a great stinking yep. album. I love it from from front to cover. It's like one of my top top favorite so, but thursday i mean i can remember where i was when i heard thursday my friend got full collapse on cd and we we're driving in the backwoods here of western new york and we we're list we just drove around listening to it over and over again and understanding in a car crash was like oh, yep. this song is insane like how do they do this how are they making these sounds it was so cool good stuff man yeah yeah man so there's there's that was really good they and they ended on war all the time which was uh, yeah, that's always been one of my favorite songs. And so, so that was tight. I remember where I was when I first heard that I was at Nysum. Oh yeah. I was at New York school of urban ministry for Elam on. on our, uh, thing. And I got that CD with Ben Schultz. And, uh, I remember hearing that. I remember listening to that on a Walkman. I remember those. I brought my Walkman with me. Didn't have, we didn't have yeah. anything else. Um, we also oh, listened wow. to the others. I'm pretty uh, sure there were. That- well, there, there were no MP3 players, but was it an actual Walkman or was it the kind where you put a CD in it? I'm, I, I assume yeah. it was a, yeah, it was it was a CD, discman. a Discman. The discman, yeah. right? Yeah, what they there call you it? go. That and uh, the other the other album, Jersey Boy, here you go. The other album that was big was Brand New's Deja Tendu. Dude. Me and me and Ben, like Ben Schultz, that's all we listened to is that, that album over and over and over and over. And I'm like, me too, you man. know, there's a part of this the world we live in with you know everything's singles and everything's like one song and there's something about listening to albums like front to cover like mm-hmm. and just taking it in like that i i don't know like i miss that i miss that part of it yeah it was a whole thing like you would you would run i remember the day that under oaths they're only chasing safety came out and i was a senior in high school and like i when school got out i went directly to it was a, a record store called curmudgeon um where i used to live 
and I went directly there and like bought the CD immediately. I remember like one of my friends <laughs> like passing me, um, cause, and like holding the CD out the window, like you know he got it for he got it before I did. Oh. Like it was like a thing. <laughs> you know I mean, but that, that was, was like awesome. a thing, and it was a whole. So it was a whole thing. So you would get the CD, you'd pull out the discography, and you'd like read the lyrics, mm -hmm. and you'd look at the artwork, and you'd do all that stuff as you're listening to it. You'd probably listen to it like three times through. It was a whole different way of consuming music back then that, yeah, it's completely different than today because now we just do it on Spotify or like YouTube or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and it's so much yeah. more accessible. It's easy to get stuff and you can find new music like more easily. But that was part of the fun back in the day, man, was like being the first one. <laughs> like I remember yeah. like I was the first one. Like I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I was the first one in my high school that knew who Emery was. Cause I got into Emery when all they had was walls as a single, yeah. their album hadn't yeah. even come out yet. It was just that on uh, like uh, a tooth and nail. I forget what it was called. Um, but it was like a tooth and nail, oh, like it? sampler oh, kind of a deal. And the song was on the penalty box. Dude, that sounds that's yeah. 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 Could have been that. That was, a yeah, good I, that sounds super familiar. I can't remember for sure if that was the one that it was on, but, but definitely like, I remember that. And like I remember like it was just a cool thing. It was sort of like sort of like what NFTs are today. It's like I had mm -hmm. this thing like I was the I was the first one because then a whole bunch of my friends got into them. And then um, we used to keep score like we literally used to keep score of wow. like like, oh, this this was my band. Like I got you. I got you into them. And uh, cool. I didn't have a whole lot. I didn't have a ton because uh, I just wasn't like as into discovering new artists as like some other kids were like mm -hmm. some other kids were finding stuff like left and right um my friend dan that i went to furnace fest with is awesome at that of just like back in the day on stuff like mp3.com and then like the different places where you could you know mm -hmm. probably illegally download music back in the day and stuff like that <laughs> limewire 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 yeah. <laughs> it was yep. like napster first and then we had limewire then there was something yeah. with like torrents um oh yeah forget, forget and torrents and, are still uh, a thing just gotta have a vpn if you're gonna do it yep <laughs> and then we used to Yo, do I'm, like yeah like burning cds the, and stuff like that for, yes yes and that was, was crazy like, i remember people were like are we stealing this i don't remember because i remember a girl i knew had a cd burner and you know like she would she would say we got to put it on the lowest setting so that it will so that it will be like the best quality because if you go too fast it won't gotcha. be as good or whatever. I don't know yep. if that's true, but I, like that, I just believed it. So uh, I got uh, dashboard confessional, uh, Swiss Army Romance. I think was the first, uh, the the first one, or maybe it was the places that we've come to fear the most. I can't remember, but that was the first mm -hmm. album I can remember. Like, oh, I got it on CD. That's cool, and it burned. I didn't even have to buy it. Um, I wanted to show you this because, well, first of all, do you know what this is? Jersey uh, band no from autumn to ashes oh yeah yeah another I, I jersey well. band yeah I I, so, I I went to their set too um so the cool thing i was just gonna say is do you remember this trick like you first get it it's got all the plastic all over it it's got those stupid stickers on these sides and it's like always so hard to open you i remember kids off. showing me yes you remember that so you pop this and then it would cut you could get it off so much easier and just pew, pew, it's like those are tricks that kids will never know. It's like yeah, I loved showing that to people. It's like, dude, this is gonna blow your mind. Yeah, because someone showed it to mind, me, bro. 
the same thing. It's so that's funny. so crazy. I um, love it. I mean, yeah, that, it was just different, different way. Is so fun. Too bad you're beautiful. I don't know. This was uh, what what year did this come out? Two thousand and one. Wow, that's crazy, isn't that crazy? Two thousand one. Wow. Yeah, that so, is seriously crazy. Ugh, but cool, yeah, man. bro. This was well, hey, I appreciate you. Yeah, it was fun for me. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, just talking talking to me today. We did a two hour <laughs> one, dude. We're two hours in, dude. It's over two one. hours. So, um, Joe Rogan. I, I was, I was going to say, you're basically my, um, you're like basically my red band. So like, <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? I wasn't sure. Uh, so like, uh, like Joe Rogan has like, um, like Brian Redband has been on his oh, show like yeah, a million yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> so you just kind of, I, I love it. I yeah. love that. Uh, that's cool. This was, the third time you've been on and um i really appreciate it man for real i really yeah, man, i really enjoy fun. our conversations and i i appreciate you know your willingness to to help me out here and spend this time with me that's awesome. i definitely enjoy and it thanks for having me man that's cool yo you have anything quick. to plug before we go yeah yeah i want to <laughs> plug this right here this is my plug this is my the first band i was ever in the rejects the rejects. the rejects see how the see how the x is there but it looks like a cross see uh-huh. it uh-huh so this I was see my that. Very, it's like a cross very first band and this was my band i was in so this we recorded this we recorded this during y2k like the night of y2k in That's, this office that i'm in right now where the drums where we did the tracking and on the other side, there's a window that goes into the associate, the other associate pastor. And he recorded me when I was like 15, 16 years old. So this was the album. But on the back, I, look at this website. The Okay, our email was therejects at hotmail.com. Okay, but the website is <laughs> www.geocities.com slash sunset strips slash gala slash 6525 slash therejects.html. <laughs> <laughs> and we were so proud that we had a website dude that's so <laughs> cool <sighs> Bro. and then like inside it's like we even we even got the logo on how cool is that like and it says the rejects are and it says you know me josh whippy guitar and vocals josh russell bass and vocals uh eric craft guitar and vocals and then finally josh mullen drums and cymbals <laughs> bro drums and cymbals <laughs> In symbols. <laughs> oh, and we signed it. We even signed it on the inside. Oh, we look so at cool. you guys. Jo- I put Josh Whippy, and I put an X as one as the J over over the J instead of an I or instead of a dot, and I put Philippians one twenty one on there. And well, I know why I did that because there's a band called One Twenty One. Ever uh-huh. hear of them? No. I'll send it over to you. They were uh, they were a hardcore punk hardcore band uh, that kind of turned more into like a rock band. But they um, they, they were called One Twenty One, and it was after Philippians One Twenty One for me to live as Christ and die as gain. That is awesome. The Rejects. What the rejects. Uh, what was your style? Uh, punk. We were a punk band. Oh yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we came out with this. I I lost the cover. I don't know where it is, but uh, this one this was our second album, and it's called A Solution for a Lifetime. I don't know why it just is. You can actually find this on Spotify. It's terrible. 
Um, really? We had 11, 11 songs on here, and it was 2001 that we did this. So this one, this album was punk. I would say more, yeah, I mean, we, we had songs on here that were more like a hardcore punk, some gutter punk songs. Like uh, there's some more of like a, like a pop punk vibe in here. There's some, okay. like, and they're all terrible. They're all terrible. But at the time, we thought we were great. So did you do any screaming vocals? Yeah, this was the this was where we started screaming um okay. more. And some of the songs like like I can remember being in the studio and this guy named Chip came in and he was this big hardcore dude and he came in and he was like cuz I was skinny at the time, I was like a skinny little guy, a little Polish guy and he was just like how do you get that out of you? Like <laughs> he's like wow. I was that little kid make the, those sounds and wow. i listen back to it now and i'm pretty critical of it but that's where i start, first started like discovering scream yell kind of thing and then um yeah. the band that band i was telling you that pop pop metalcore that i was like taking that element and moving it more into a like that zeo like that kind of uh poison the well like mm. kind of scream you know what i mean yeah. uh hopes yeah. fall did you saw hopes fall too i did, did you get to see them I did. Yeah, I saw them. I didn't see their whole set, though. Um, but it was cool because Jay from Hope's Fall came out um, to Juliana Theory. Um, oh, cool. And uh, and did a screaming part, which was really cool. Did he do it on? What's that song? It was um, the line. The line. He's just screaming. Come on. Yeah. I forget the name of the song, though. It might just be come on. I th- is that off of the understand this is a dream the blue album yeah I think it's it no it's on um uh I, emotion is dead um, emotion is dead yeah yeah because they actually played emotion is dead like the whole the whole album <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what sweet. they did that's yeah. great that's yeah cool. yeah it was tight but yeah bro um i'm gonna well, go bills man so tonight, i can find buddy. edison on spotify then for sure right no man, I don't have it on there. I have to no. look through a. I have it somewhere on a hard drive. I'll send it over because the only time we recorded was we were on a radio show for. This is so funny. It, uh, we were on a radio show for Buff State College, Buffalo State College. They had like a studio where we could set up and we played live. So yeah. it's a little. It's not the greatest, you know, quality, yeah. but I mean. You can hear the elements of it. The only problem is the other dude that thought he could sing couldn't, and he sounds like a okay. dead cow through most of it. But he sounds like a dead yeah. cow. I'll send I'll send it over to you though. I will. It's um I'm gonna try to find it today because it's on my hard drive. Maybe I should post it online just so I have it digitally, you know, somewhere okay. online. Okay, Josh Whippy, I've got one thing to plug, and then we can we can wrap this up. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. pull my I'm gonna I'm gonna pull my plug up on the screen here. This is the limited edition pre NFT. Let's see. <laughs> of uh, <laughs> so I stole your photo and I signed it. I, I signed it with my signature. And it's the uh, the real life talk number forty three, Josh Whippy. <laughs> Um, but we've got the guitar, we've got the Buffalo in there. We've got, uh, it's awesome. That's really yeah. funny. So, so this is a fungible token at the moment because, um, 
it's duplicatable because <laughs> it's not minted. But, um, but yeah. Funny. How do you get that? If anybody minted? wants it, I will NFT it up and sell it to you for <laughs> <laughs> for Dude, whatever that, you offer me. <laughs> that was taken at Camp Judah. Camp Judah, the camp that I serve at, uh, summer camp. We do it for a week. And um, my buddy was the photographer. Really, just really quick story. This guy was in my youth group um, in Myrtle Beach back in 2005. And uh, it was cool because I kind of put out a like I kind of put out a thing. Anybody want to work at a camp this year uh, for mm -hmm. a week? You know, it's like a missions trip. Think about it like that. And he, or actually, we only did a three-day camp this year because uh, of COVID and restrictions that we had. We didn't know what to do. Anyway, he hit sure. me up. He hit me up. I hadn't talked to him in years since, like, he left the youth group, you know, in 2006 or whatever. And he's like, yo, I'd like to work at the camp. I'm like, are you kidding me? It turns out he's a pastor. Not only is he a pastor, but he looks similar to me. He's taller, but we look like we could be brothers. Mm -hmm. And we like the same music. like. We've, we have not connected since then. And I remember having him at youth group play Jimmy World, um, huh. one of the songs from Bleed American as one of our songs that we were doing. I think Crimson, the one with Crimson and Clover, that one. And so I made him, that's when he first got introduced to like a alternative music and never talked to him again after that. He was, he's into all the same music I am, everything to the T and he also, it's really creepy. He like, he came over to my house. He flew in from South Carolina, stayed at my house. And I'm like, yo, every night before bed, I watch a little bit of the office and he looks at me. He's like, dude, this is weird. Cause so do I <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So it was just a really cool experience. But yeah, That's that was so at Camp Judah. Yeah. I did that last night. Oh, uh, I don't do it every night, but I did that last night. I put on I don't know. Some somewhere on season three, I'm pretty sure of the office. Mm -hmm. Before That's I went to bed, one. is that where Jim's in? In he's over in. Uh, yeah. So Jim starts off over the there, office. and then they merge, and then he comes back, but then he's dating Karen, <laughs> and so it's like tension. Yeah. Uh, my favorite line from when they come back is, uh, "I don't know what I'm grabbing here." <laughs> he's trying to get Tony up on the table. <laughs> I don't know what I'm grabbing here. I love that. <laughs> that so poor funny. guy. Uh, it's like that poor, so, there's so many I just quit. cringe moments where you're just like, oh, stop. <laughs> I love it. Cool, man. It's so funny. Well, good talk. Well, good thank time. you, brother. Thanks for having Appreciate me. you. Have an awesome day. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Well, everybody. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's here right now live or not, but anybody who made it to the end, appreciate you guys or listening later or whatever, however you consume this podcast, really appreciate it. Um, consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review if you haven't done so already, and it would mean the world to me. Have a good day, everybody. See ya.